0: Right. Welcome, everyone. I'd like to call the September 27, 2023 meeting of the Transportation Commission to order. Tonight's meeting is a hybrid meeting. Members of the community are welcome to join the meeting in person or remotely through Zoom or by telephone. Uh, so, first, we'll do a roll call. Um, and since this is a hybrid meeting, I'm going to call names. Uh, so, start uh, Patrick Vu. Present. A.J. Antrim, present, Sri Balamarugan, she's not here tonight. Tracy Trexel, present, Caitlin Goodman, present, Ryan Miller, present, Vice Chair Brian McGee, here, Faith DeBolt, here. Um, All right, so approval of the July 26, 2023 um, minutes. Are there any comments or corrections uh, from the minutes?
1: Patrick? Yeah, I just had a comment. Um, I think we had talked before about making the mean, uh, mean minutes look lengthier or more detailed for somebody that has missed it. Just wondering if we are going to do that going forward. I mean, the notes are fine. We just, they're kind of lacking. I don't know if we're putting the recordings up online or
0: Yeah, the recordings are available. um, And I this was something I talked extensively with Joel about in the past and understand there's kind of different um, procedures uh, with the city. Um, And I don't know, Doug or Julie, if you want to share anything about that.
2: Sure, I can go ahead. Um, Thank you. It's a great question. Um, We did talk with uh, the chair and the vice chair believe last week about this issue and um, so. Traditionally minutes are action oriented um, so that there's no confusion about um, what was said. Uh, it just records the, the milestones of the meeting. Um, but in in our conversation, we have decided that we will have some summary statements uh, after certain topics and just try to hit the high points of what was discussed. And in doing that at the end of the meeting, we'll or maybe at the end of each item, we'll kind of talk a little bit about what that might say. And then um and then record those in the minutes but relatively brief um and so that we don't you know misrepresent anything yeah thanks
0: and another thing uh Joel had tried doing for me once or twice was uh providing the transcript of the recording and that way so you don't have to go listen to the full three hours of the recording to find you can you know the the transcript is kind of detailed and you know, doesn't always get every word exactly right, but you can at least see the minute that it um, an item was discussed and he would just email that. I, I don't know if he sent, sent it to the whole commission or if it was just something I had requested and he sent to me, but um, maybe that's, we could do that. Franz,
3: we're still doing that, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We can pull those. It's just um, not a best practice to kind of provide a verbatim. It's best practice to make them action minutes. And um, I don't know, I've been in the minutes business a long, long time. You know, you do get members of the public that come in and say, I didn't say that exactly like that. And it's just, it's just helpful when they're just more a summary and you can go back to an actual recording or videotape and see what exactly was expressed. So we we just, um, it is, the city clerk has requested that we stay at an action level minutes. So we're gonna try to do our best to honor that. But yeah, another way to get at that was to provide um, transcripts so you can see, see that, but they have limitations too. So, um, but that's available. Thanks, Patrick.
1: No, I was just gonna say, do we need a motion being made? For- yeah,
0: I didn't know if anyone else had any comments on the minutes. I was having a hard time downloading them and I didn't have time to get to it today.
1: So, all right. So, I'll make a motion to approve the minutes.
0: I second that motion. All right, all in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Okay, minutes have been approved. All right, so now we're moving into public comment time. So now's the opportunity for members of the community to provide public comment. We can have up to three speakers per perspective per topic. Please limit all public comments to three minutes and we ask that you retreat everyone with kindness and respect. We want everyone in Kirkland to feel welcome to express their viewpoints. If you are in person, please fill out the sign-in sheet. For those uh, online, please provide your name and address Remote at- attendees who would like to comment, please raise your hand and Zoom or press star nine if you're on the phone. Um, so I know we have one person here uh, in person. Uh, Franz, do we have anyone um, online?
1: Uh, yes, we do. So do we start with the in-person people first?
0: Sure. Let's go. Ahead.
1: First, we have uh, Lisa McConnell.
4: Good evening, Commissioners. Um, Commenting tonight on the transportation plan, um, whatever its new name is, um, just a few brief comments. Um, uh, In general, I found the language to be a little bit weak, unclear and vague in many of the proposed policies that leave us with few tangible or countable results at the end of the plan term. An example would be in policy 0.2, the statement, evaluate and update speed limit policies citywide to lower speeds. To me, evaluate and update sounds more like a plan, like more plan and more policy. Lower speeds limits to 20 miles an hour in within a quarter mile of all schools and parks. Now that sounds like a tangible proposed action. Another example would be in T0.3, it says, include protected bike lanes and protected intersections in all projects on the bicycle network identified in the active transportation plan. Well, this sounds good so far, but wait, as first lens to project design, you lost me. It sounds like the staff will be looking at projects with protected bike lanes in mind, but not that you will actually be required to do them. The city has spent a great deal of staff time and expertise as well as transportation commission time and consideration putting together an extensive bike network map and plan in the previously mentioned active transportation plan. Let's put some teeth into the plan and say that we will actually do it. Also in this section is another example. Consider roundabouts as the first lens for intersection improvements or new intersections. Consider, and as the first lens, make this a passive voice policy. Remove them and what remains is, as council member Pascal suggested at the last council study session, roundabouts for intersections improvements or new intersections. Make this policy the default, unless shown to be infeasible. Boom, action. In safety policy 0.4, we have two items. Collect before and after data and conduct risk exposure analysis for vulnerable users. These both assume projects will be done where tragedies and injuries have already occurred, or at least a high enough crash rate to warrant improvement. This is like counting sheep after they have gotten out to decide whether to fix the pen. During my time with the Kirkland Greenways and at the bike valets, I constantly have stories of people saying they would do more biking or let their kids walk to school if there was a safe way to do it, if there were bike lanes if cars didn't go so fast on the road to school. For projects and policies related to vulnerable users like people who walk and bike, if you build it, they will come definitely applies. It also skews the data. There is no crash data for roads that people are afraid or unwilling to use. So if you're only willing to prioritize projects based on danger or risk, you're missing opportunities to improve the whole system. Now it sounds like I don't like anything in the transportation plan, I do have a a long list of things that I did like in the plan, some of which were um, improved safety in private parking lots, uh, emerging technologies, um, using the public right of way for uses other than transportation, uh, been a major goal of mine. Um, implement city Kirkland Citywide Multimodal Concurrency System and improve the local level of service analysis to reflect multimodal needs and priorities. <laughs> There's a lot more in here that I do like, but there are some uh, major issues with this plan as far as I'm concerned. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa.
0: Hey, okay, Franz, um, let's see. So we have one person online to comment. Okay.
1: Yes. Uh, we have Renee. Uh, Renee, please state your full name uh, when, when you start to uh, speak. Uh, you're on you're on the air.
5: Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, so my name is Renee McCormick. And I live in the Kingsgate Evergreen Hill neighborhood. And my request is actually very specific. I'm proposing the installation of a traffic roundabout at the intersection of 124th Avenue Northeast and Northeast 140th Street. Um, With population densities increasing in Kirkland and surrounding cities, traffic has increased significantly too. The posted speed limit along 124th is 35 miles per hour, but cars regularly drive 50 miles an hour down 124th from Northeast 144th by Safeway down to Northeast 132nd closer to Evergreen Hospital. It's a straight road, it's downhill, and there are no measures to mitigate traffic speed. The sidewalks along 124th are right next to the street and it would only take an inattentive driver to veer off the road and hit a pedestrian. A few years ago, a driver plowed down about 20 feet of residential fencing along 124th near the intersection of 139th. And that was after crossing the easement under the power lines. Um, At the same intersection, a car rear-ended me while I was stopped on 124th, waiting for a pedestrian to cross before I made a turn. And on impact, my car was almost pushed into the pedestrian, but they were able to jump clear in time and they were fine. but we do not feel safe walking along 124th. Just as the woman before me said, like, we don't feel safe, so we don't walk along 124th. Technically, we live in a 10-minute in a neighborhood. It's only a half a mile to the library and shopping, but this requires us walking along 124th. And we do not see this as safe, so therefore I drive. When we go for walks in the neighborhood, we drive our car three blocks away and park on side streets so we aren't forced to walk along 124th because it's not safe. So if you really wanna make Kirkland more walkable, like the lady before me said, actual traffic speeds need to come down and, and just posting a speed limit, well, that's great. That, that's just not enough because people don't follow speed limits and people don't even stop at stop signs anymore. So one way to mitigate the traffic speeds on 124th is to install this roundabout at Northeast 140th. There's already an existing crosswalk there because of the school routes. There's plenty of room in the street given the turning lane in the middle and the property easements underneath the power lines. Alternatively, you can install a traffic light or move the sidewalks that are along 124th further west into the easements and plant trees and bushes between the street and sidewalk, but both of those scenarios to me seem much more expensive and cumbersome. So to me, the most cost-effective, low energy, low maintenance solution to control excessive speed along 124th Avenue Northeast is to install a traffic roundabout at the intersection of Northeast 140th. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Rachel. Tracy. Um, I think we have to wait until discussion at the end. All right, anyone else, Franz?
1: Uh, Seeing no hands, I believe that will be it for tonight's public comment.
0: Okay, thank you. So we will move into the first um, item on the agenda. And I want to first welcome, we have a new transportation manager and a new transportation engineering supervisor Is that the right title? Um, So uh, I think first, just maybe briefly introduce yourselves and then I know you have the agenda item to welcome the new transportation commissioner, so.
2: Sure, thank you. Um, Julie, did you wanna?
0: Yeah, if I could. um,
3: uh, Julie Underwood, Public Works Director. um, It's my pleasure to introduce Doug McIntyre, our new transportation manager. He's been um, finally saying the new Joel. um, The new and better Joel, how about that? (laughs) Sorry, Joel. Um, But Doug comes uh, uh, to us from having recently worked at the city of Sammamish. He was their senior transportation planning manager. Um, So he has a lot of experience with transportation plans, transit plans, a lot of experience around the region, you know, with the various regional um, uh, authorities. Um, What else has he done? He has had. other municipal experience at the city of Bellevue, as well as Bremerton. Um, he has a BS in city and regional planning from Cal Poly uh, State University and a master's of urban planning from University of Washington. He is also an ACIP uh, certified, visa, American
2: american institute of certified planning yeah.
3: thank you that's kind of hard to get i heard so bravo doug um anyway he um he comes to us with lots of great experience he had to go through quite extensive interview process um and his references were outstanding and i'm just so glad he's here um with us and i think he's going to be a great addition to our team so Please join me in welcoming Doug. And you're, and so some of you may know this. I was actually the hiring manager for Doug and for Jennifer. Um, And interesting enough, I was able to get Jennifer to be on Doug's panel. So, but they came really within days of each other, as far as um, coming on board to the city. I think I did a good job. Honestly, I'm just going to say, I think I did a pretty good job. So Doug, please introduce Jennifer.
2: Thank you, Julie. Um, And just real quick, I'm really excited to be part of the team. Uh, We have great people at the city and I'm uh, really excited to dig into the projects. There's a lot of uh, really cool things going on in Kirkland and I am super excited for that. So uh, I, I will be working closely with the commission and i i thrilled about that. I've worked with commissions in the past, and I've always enjoyed it. It's one of the highlights of my work. So um, thank you. And uh, yes, with that. So, um, as Julie mentioned, we have uh, a new transportation engineering supervisor, and that is Jennifer Palmer. Um, and I don't have notes about her experience, but I do know. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'll, I'll wing it. I'll wing it. Um, Jennifer comes to us from uh, Transpo, I believe uh, you spent nine years at Transpo, um, a consulting firm which is highly regarded and uh, has done work with the city of Kirkland in the past as well. So. Um, it'll be nice to have you in the fold on, uh, on the city side. Uh, Jennifer is also a Kirkland resident, so a unique perspective there. Um, and so we've worked together now for like three weeks, I think it is maybe. So um, I can already tell we're gonna work really well together and I'm really happy and thrilled. And I actually feel a little bit guilty because I know Joel didn't have uh, the help that Jennifer <laughs> will provide. So um, I feel a little bit guilty on that, but uh, I think it's gonna be a great, great situation. So um, Jennifer is gonna be managing our engineering team uh, and that includes signal uh, operations and development review uh, primarily. So um, I'll stop talking now and Jennifer, turn it over to you.
6: Yeah, I'm, I'm
7: thrilled to be here. I'm super excited to get started. We have a great staff and I'm uh,
6: super looking forward to getting to work uh, supporting our transportation team and Doug and Julie. So thank you for the welcome.
2: And Jennifer is going to take off for dinner, so (laughs) thank you, Jennifer. Thanks for coming by. And so we'll take the remaining part of this agenda item to introduce our two new commissioners. Uh, So it's a lot of newness today, um, but uh, first we have uh, Caitlin Goodman, who. uh, um was appointed a week ago i believe or so plus or minus so um very new uh, we've had a chance to talk briefly we've uh between kim and myself we have uh, uh carved out a little bit of time to talk about the transportation master plan in the hopes that she can hit the ground running tonight and not feel um uh like she's walking through the wilderness so um hopefully uh that is helpful but we're very happy uh that you're joining the commission so uh do you want to take a minute to Introduce yourself.
7: Sure, thank you, Doug. Yes, I'm uh, excited to be here. Um, new to Kirkland, uh, but as I told uh, in the interview, a, a longtime Kirklanded buyer. Um, so the the corridor, the the walkability and bikeability of Kirkland was a big part of what drew our family to be here. And um, I am a lifelong runner. Um, I own a running business here in Kirkland. I have a background in public health. And I'm excited to bring uh, a health equity, public health perspective to the commission. And uh, yeah, really excited to be here.
0: Thank you. Thanks, welcome.
2: Thank you, Commissioner Goodman. Um, and we have our uh, other new commissioner is Ryan Miller. Um, and uh, similarly, uh, I think about a week on the commission um, and is gonna be jumping in the uh, the deep end of the pool. Um, but, uh, very excited to have Ryan on the team. Uh, he is an engineer with the City of Bellevue. Um, so, Ryan, would you mind taking a minute to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, so, I'm with. Uh,
8: I guess I've, I've been a, a transportation engineer for about ten years, and uh, bring a complete streets, um, you know, ethos, and uh, look forward to working with all of you. Uh, Similar to uh, Caitlin, I I do have a bias that Kirkland's uh, the best city to live in. So uh, I enjoy uh, um, where I'm excited to uh, to continue efforts to uh, keep our transportation system
2: moving forward. Thanks. Thank you, Commissioner Miller, and welcome as well. Um, Let's see. I think that is all the. Yeah, I think with that, we can go ahead and. um, turn back over to the chair. Okay, great. Yeah, and thanks,
0: welcome Ryan. Uh, Excited to have our two new transportation commissioners here joining us. So um, next we're gonna have uh, transportation planner, Kim Scribner, uh, lead us through the continued discussion of the transportation master plan update, which will include input from the city council's September 19th study session, and a review of the draft uh, transportation plan policies.
9: Thank you. Um, and I realized I never passed these. that's okay. I realized I never passed these out, yeah. okay. I I passed these out um, at the beginning of the meeting. And so, um, I did print out a detailed copy of, um, what we'll be going over today. Um, thank you. Give, uh, just one second for that. Um, So today we are, um, diving back into the goals and policies update. Um, what I'd like to do today is, um, all, we had a, um, discussion with council on the goals, uh, at their September September 19th study session. So we'll talk about the feedback they gave to us. Um, we'll talk a little bit of some of the housekeeping, housekeeping for the plan itself. Um, and then I'm really looking forward to getting into a discussion with you, um, uh, specific to the policies. Um, this is a first cut to the actions and I'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit, but, um, um, so first just a couple of the housekeeping items, um, the, uh, at the last Transportation study session. Um, excuse me, the council study session. Uh, right before we presented, was our our um, uh, CMO, uh, CMO, our city manager's office presenting on our DEIB initiative. And one of the elements that they had talked about was remove is kind of language updates. And one of them is removing the term "master" from our website and a lot of our plans. We had a brief discussion about this at our at the July, I believe it was the July Transportation Commission meeting. and there was some brainstorming about that. and I think the result of that conversation was like, hmm, I, I think we nobody very much settled on a on a term and I um, think everybody kind of thought it wasn't something that we wanted to really spend our time on. Um, But after that recommendation came from our DEIB initiative group, um, we are back to renaming the plan. Um, We have talked internally about um, uh, various terms. Um, Strategic is sometimes kind of, you know, comprehensive as multi elements. Thanks for Victoria and I were talking about this earlier. You know, master is kind of, you know, the, this, you know, Uh, specific to a topic area. Strategic can kind of be even a little bit smaller than that. Um, uh, um, Mobility is not necessarily an accessible or understandable term to people right away. And there can be broader things related to mobility than just what we're talking about. Um, So our proposal that we've rested on is the Kirkland Transportation Plan, KTP. It's a simple, understandable, Um, has a nice acronym and so we just wanted to get some feedback about renaming the plan
0: i don't have a problem with the kirkland transportation plan i'll just put that
1: out there
10: (laughs) agree i think it's straight to the point
1: do we have a bunch of other plans what other plans do we have we have um a lot. Yeah, so exactly. how do we how do we do oh getting to is like how do we do
9: there's the B sustainability plan. master plan um that we'll also have probably during that next update may have to tackle that um there but we have the active transportation plan safe routes to school plan the intelligent transportation system plan it's usually mode plan yeah. <laughs> um and so there's a lot, there's not a ton. Well, there are there are quite a few that have the term master in it, but for transportation, well, sustainability is related, but not all transportation.
2: One benefit of renaming the TMP is that there is another TMP, Transportation Management Program. So <clears throat> this will give us an opportunity to distinguish those two as well. <laughs>
1: I don't know, but yeah, I was kind of just more like something to denote that this is, I mean, strategic for me sounds actually quite, quite fitting because it is kind of all encompassing, I, I would think, but just, just sounds a little just simplistic for what it really, you know, kind of is the plan, right? Like, I don't know if you can put, capitalize the plan, but so, uh, <laughs> just, you know. though. Yeah. Any Air other point.
11: thoughts? Oh right, yeah. I was gonna just say thank you to um, Lisa who who spoke and gave us a suggestion of the transportation roadmap. That was a really nice laugh I had, but um, we thought that would need a subtitle to explain what it was, and it might be a little complicated having a subtitle document. So we thought the transportation plan would be the simplest way to still get at this all-encompassing transportation plan.
12: Yeah, I, I like it being simple in the title because all of the other plans that kind of come through in the transportation lens are more supporting. And so when your kind of key plan that overrides or kind of is that umbrella for everything and guides the rest of it, having that be probably less acronym letters as well, makes it a little bit easier for everyone. Um, and I, I do appreciate the the lens of um, kind of taking out that master portion. So a really good update.
10: So, just to clarify, is the master plan something that's supposed to cover, say, 10 years, 15 years, or a period of time? 20 years. Um, I'm wondering if it's worth calling it the transportation 10 year plan or something like that, or, you know, 2023 to 2033 or something. And the comp plan
3: references the date. So the comp plan will say right twenty forty forty. So just to kind of and so this is a really a isn't this a sub element? Mm-hmm. It's an mm-hmm. element. Of it's the an plan. element. Yeah. But of course we like to pull it out, and that ends up being kind of our working document, our working work plan. So, so in the comp plan it is referenced. I mean we could put um, something similar K twenty
9: forty four. Kirkland transportation plan, which is a mouthful, which could get um, abbreviated to KTP. <laughs> and then, um, but I, I imagine if we did kind of put the K2044 as a mouthful, we talked about um, long range transportation plan, LRTPs, it, you know, it, the more examples we kind of talked about, the more that the this one became more attractive just because of the simplicity. Um, so that's kind of where we landed. But yeah, we talked about LRTP as
12: well.
7: <laughs> I had one thought. Just Please. as a new resident, and one of the things I did when we moved was read the plan. And so that was to your point about the time frame. I was reading these things. I think I joined a public meeting with you, Kim, mm-hmm. and you know, had a lot of things to share as a, you know, resident. Yeah. And and you shared with me that some of this actually you know is being updated right now and mm-hmm. here we are and so that wasn't clear to me as a new resident so just thinking mm-hmm. about the accessibility of the plan as i was reading it i feel like i was fighting battles that had been fought in the last iteration of the transportation plan so just having some time bounds on it even if it doesn't you know make it into the abbreviation but just in some of that language as someone's downloading it and trying to learn you know the timeline that um, i think there's value in and adding the time
0: in there okay
2: Subtitles might be our friend in that regard. Yeah,
0: and yeah. hearing what you're saying there, Caitlin, it's not—it's um, not just what time period does this apply to, but how often does it get updated?
8: Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that I, I see mobility thrown around a lot, and uh, and I do appreciate the point that that maybe transportation, Kirkland Transportation Plan, is a little more accessible. Uh, to everyone. So uh, I was going to say, I, I like it uh, and would support it.
12: Thank you.
0: So I think just a, a little takeaway note on that line is that it sounds like we're all okay with Kirkland transportation plan. <laughs> Great.
9: Thank you. Um, another little housekeeping Thing. Um, it's probably not that big of a deal, um, but the numbering, um, of the goals start with T zero and then T one. So we, we started with eight goals, but it was really nine because we t- started with zero. Um, was just care. And I, I kind of understand why they might've done that in 2015 because vision zero is the first one. Um, but does anybody object to just starting with one as our first goal, just to make it a little bit more straightforward? Um, you know, Starting one through ten, we have ten goals or however many we have. <laughs> Great, thank you. Was the easiest decision I made for this. <laughs> okay, um, so what we heard from the trans- from the council, um, one they they wanted to carve out a separate maintenance goal. Um, so if you recall the the sustainability goal we had pr- originally proposed was. Um, aligned with what it was in 2015, which was originally about sustainability of our systems, which really included kind of finance, like financing our kind of our maintenance of our system. Um, And it also gave a nod to sustainability. Um, We strengthened the sustainability element in terms of the um, environmental sustainability and specifically um, care for our our air and water. Um, But um, council, agreed that kind of that environmental sustainability should be under sustainability that should be consistent with a sustainability master plan and we should carve out a separate maintenance goal the um they also wanted to keep the partnerships goal um so we had originally proposed to carve that out and um or we, we just there were a lot of goals and so we were trying to kind of trim it down a little bit and figure that the partnerships policies could be mixed under the other goals. Um, The thought from council was that um, partnerships are a big deal. Um, They require a lot of staff time from us. They require a lot of expectation and commitment from our partners as well. Um, And so that they just wanted to make sure that that's really called out. Um, uh, Also ensuring a strong link between active transportation and transit. So that first and last mile, they really wanted to make sure pops. Um, And then also, you know, with transit, um, many council members mentioned that this need for us to be very proactive with transit, not just being an advocate for our service, um, but figuring out ways that we can think creatively um, and be a lot more proactive. Um, And there's been a lot of interesting ideas that have come out from some council members on that. So um, yeah. Um, one council member mentioned that the um, term we talked about in the plan um, that we're re- reiterating our um, modal priorities pedestrians, bikes, transit, um, motor vehicles. Um, they, um, one of the council members mentioned that micro mobility is kind of lost in that a little, so we might um, think about that. We're not going to get into that one today, but. Um, that outreach should uh, include um, people that don't live in Kirkland. Um, The suggestion was to reach out to maybe businesses, people that work here that may want to live here, um, for instance. Um, Another was to partner with um, private parking lot owners on parking lot safety. Kirkland has had experienced some fatalities in parking lots Um, that roundabout should be a default at new intersections um, and uh, I'm gonna use um, Lisa's term here, um, unless otherwise um, deemed infeasible, I think that was similar to the sentiment um, that was expressed um, at the council meeting, Um, that there was some discussion about, um, um, that, you know, and along those lines that just safety needs to be that first lens Um, and that, you know, maintenance shouldn't really drive those safety decisions, um, that we take the safest Kind of um, prod the make a project the most safe it can be, Um, and then you know if there's some reason why something is infeasible, you know um, that was kind of the the theme, Um, but you know safety coming out of the gate would be that first, and that's why that language um, is written that way in the in the actions. But we can talk about that, Um, and then they really um, there was a comment about. Agreeing with the wording in the equity goal, but there is concern about how Metro uses equity. That's really um, kind of based on existing land use, and so they um, so while the language was supported, um, the um, the comment was that um, they didn't want to make sh- you know didn't want this to be kind of so land use dependent on um, Kind of what's on the ground today and who is living where today. Um, and then there was one other comment about, um, there's a particular example where there's a signal um, where there's not a pedestrian crossing on one leg and it's really difficult to get to a cross. Um, and so that those uh, pedestrian crossings need to be, again, that kind of safety element, um, just making sure that those are um, required um, you know, before they're removed from a project for other reasons, so that's what we heard. Um, And then, um, so getting into what we're gonna talk about today, um, so that you have a very detailed document in front of you. I, um, please let me know. I am kind of a detail-oriented person and kind of tend to kind of break things out. If there's materials that you would like kind of um, Structured in a different way that makes more sense to you, um, but we can walk through this, um, but I want to make sure that um, what I'm going to do today is. Um, um, so how we got to this document is um, we had um, staff originally went through the goals and policies and actions from the 2015 plan. Um, We, parametrics took that, made their own recommendations. We brought that to the transportation commission, um, brought some high level, the high level goals to council. And I apologize, there were a couple pieces that I had the wrong version to council that they didn't wordsmith anyway. Um, I'll talk about some of those. Um, and um, And then there was the, so that was taking council's comments and then also cross-referencing all of that information with our um, our modal plans. And so to kind of make sure that we're being consistent across the board. And so that's how we got to the document that's in front of you today. It's not perfect um, at this point, but I'm hoping to get through the policies today with you. And then um, if we have time, um, we can entertain the conversation about actions, but I wanna make sure that we're getting through them. So if when, if we start to get long, on the actions um conversation maybe we'll kind of put that on a parking lot and come back to it if we have time at the end does that sound good to everybody does anybody have any questions about kind of what we're going to talk about today or any comments before we start
1: yeah uh, we had very really good productive co- uh conversations in july was that incorporated in here or... mm-hmm. okay so this is up to me. yeah and yeah was that also presented to the council or was that a
9: what was presented to council was um just the goals and the goal statements. They did not see the policies yeah.
2: Got it. but it was the goals that were reviewed by the transportation commission in July.
9: And the policies with the transportation commission in July, yeah. And so, yeah, I basically took the um the same spreadsheet that our um, that our consultant was had making had been making notes in um, during the July transportation commission meeting. And that was kind of my starting template when kind of making all these adjustments and cross-referencing. So,
0: all right, Kim, I just wanted to briefly for Ryan and Caitlin's sake, um, give them just a, a little bit more history of just what the transportation commission has done this year on sure. the TMP, uh, updates and conversations. We had a retreat in May was it? May yeah. and where we, you know, had, boards out and we're putting stickers on things um and really revisited what the goals and policies were and where they fit and what what they should look like and then we came back again in june and talked about it and refined those some more and then i missed the july meeting so um someone else can update on that but i just thought it might be good for you to hear that especially you know if you had taken the time to actually read the transportation plan before joining um, to hear, we've really spent a lot of time on it um, this year.
12: Yeah, I'll just kind of note that <clears throat> July, we really delved more into the policies, underpinning the goals. Um, and so this, we've been kind of starting at the top, principles, goals, policies, and this is the first time we're really getting into the actions.
9: Thanks. Yeah, thank you, that was a good. Um... All right. So starting with safety, um, the at the at the uh, July transportation commission meeting, um, language was kind of added to this goal. Um, uh, the original by twenty thirty five eliminate all transportation related fatal and serious injury crashes is the twenty fifteen goal statement, and then we added while reducing all crashes in Kirkland. Um, apologize for not including that last little statement at the for the council materials, but um, like I said, they were really wordsmithing. Um, the, we had a conversation internally about what the balance is between um, pulling in goals and policies or sometimes objectives and strategies from our modal plans directly into this transportation plan? versus ones that we will point to and reference. I mean, so I'm gonna kind of address those as we go along. Um, Great advice from Doug here. It was to make sure that we are, can be able to explain the difference (laughs) between why we pull in some goals and policies and why we're pointing. And so I'll try to let me know if um, what, in this discussion, if if that makes sense to you. So for safety, um, the original, there was really just one, goal in one policy, as you'll see in this um, in your spreadsheet, it was um, the um, basically develop a vision zero action plan. Um, There are a couple other um, safety related policies under other kind of elements, but um, that was really it. And so it made sense to carry over the goals directly from the vision zero plan um, to really build out this section. So um the the first policy implement the vision zero action plan um and monitor progress annually and um, this kind of gets into a nod of um some of our data related um goals where um you know with with the um improvement in um, data collection and maybe kind of a dashboard type um thing um uh technology we can um of track how we're doing um, a little bit more seamlessly um, so but change to implement and then two through four here um, are the four main goals in the vision zero plan um, implement this principles actually no i'm sorry i'm not um let me back up a little bit um uh they're they're mostly the same <laughs> the um goal two um implement the prin- the principles of a safe systems approach um, by prioritizing safe street designs and strategies. The Vision Zero goal is um, prioritize safe street design. Um, we are, but the Vision Zero plan, it implements the safe systems approach. And so we kind of combined those two that, you know, into kind of one statement. So that particular policy, is about um, design, right? Well, and the safe, the whole safe systems, of designing a safe system, um, and I kind of point that out because you'll kind of see that in the actions. Um, the advancing the complete streets ordinance, um, that is, um, gets at um, multiple modes, so. Um, that kind of the, those the kind of the difference between the two. First one is going to be more about a safe uh, designing a safe system. The second one is accommodating multiple modes in our system, and so the the actions would be kind of divided accordingly. Um, four and five are um, verbatim to the Vision Zero plan, um, the robust and transparent data framework, and the culture of safety. I'm not going to read every word to you, but are there any comments or questions about the policies for the safety goal, which we'll now rename to T1?
1: <laughs> yeah, I just had a comment. Um, no, I really love it. Cause I think that was kind of the outcome of the July meeting that, you know, please point to plans that are in place. I think I go back to, I think what you had mentioned about Doug and, and so forth about are is the plan, the sub plan, the vision zero plan, dictating this plan, or are we flowing down to the zero vision zero plan? Which they, elements you know it's like which it's kind of catch too, right? so yeah. which which part who, what's leading what?
9: the um this the policies here would direct the um, us to implement the vision zero plan. And so this would be that directive to go look at that additional detail. And so when we outline our work program um, and we see something that that might not have enough detail in our actions in here, uh, maybe it's under the robust and transparent data framework. And um, then we would crack open that Vision Zero plan, implement it and look a little bit at the more detail of whatever kind of structure that's under. Um, And the active transportation one is a little bit more um is a little bit better example of that this one's pretty much straightforward but you know this would direct us to implement the model plans and policies in them
1: right i guess what i'm trying to get at is that okay so division zero plan does get updated right so the so is that where we're going to set the vision for for this ultimately or is there any base fundamental thing that we want to say as a policy here which will be reflected in the zero plan as well as being implemented
9: that is a that is a really great comment in terms of what us deciding what that balance is. These should be flexible enough or maybe even general enough so that when we update our vision zero plan and that might get more detailed, it's still relevant. Go and um, you know, point to that vision zero plan, and as that gets updated, um there's we're not kind of um. Uh, how do you say um over overshadowing right um that because one of the other concerns was that if we carry everything over verbatim, um and then we start updating this, then what happens to our currently adopted policies if they're different? So that's kind of that um that cross reference that we're doing. And so at this one, um, these policies are pretty pretty high level. And then we can kind of point to that Vision Zero plan, um, yeah.
1: So yeah. maybe maybe a suggestion would be it's, I think because the I think the implement is great, but maybe it's not the first one. Maybe the other things, right? We're trying to get principles of from a safety standpoint. The, the rest of them kind of.
3: Isn't Vision Zero about eliminating fatalities and serious crashes, which is the goal? I think that's why you see it as the first one. Oh yeah, sure. You
10: know? So I have a question about the first one, the implement the vision zero action plan and monitor monitor progress annually. I love that. But my question is, as we're monitoring it, if it's not making progress, is there some action to address that? And does that need to be stated here or is that stated in the vision zero action plan?
3: Weren't you, I was envisioning, um, we currently do, I I don't know if you've seen it, we can uh, supply it to you. It's like a a dashboard. Yeah. So commissioners who've been on the commission have seen it, but, and it's our way of tracking the TMP progress. So that's. One way I'm envisioning that there's another tool. It's part of the T. Te- um, since some vision, some vision zero elements are implemented, they're kind of woven and implemented in so many ways. For instance, safer routes to school, active transportation plan, and and so in those um, two different planning documents we have a TBD Transportation Benefit District funding source that will implement that. And also as part of that funding source and part of the ordinance that the council had to adopt is a reporting tool in that as well. So we we have a lot of them. I think the challenge we're gonna be up against is really how do we take, once we're done with this, take all of this and really synthesize it to the most important things that you really wanna, Report, you know, create a report card on. I think, you know, this is one that we'll want to track. It goes back to the goal, but it's going to take us some time probably to figure out what's the indicator we're tracking, you know, is it the same kind of thing, number of fatalities or, you know, and this is just, this is more them. They'll figure it out. But I do think for the general public, we do need to figure out a way to track it.
10: Right. And I absolutely love the idea of tracking it. I come from a data centered field. Um, My question more centers around what the data reflects. So if the data shows as we're monitoring it, that we're not achieving our goals, I'm more about the, where do we say in our plan, how we're going to mitigate that progress
2: yeah take a stab yeah i think um great question and um what i i always like to take a step back and then kind of you know make a general statement then we can um one of the things that i think is helpful to think about when we talk about plans like this because actually back to uh commissioner vu's point um i like to think of the the formerly tmp the kirkland transportation plan it's like a hub and spoke kind of situation where this is our hub and we got spokes for all these plans and this is this is the this is the plan to to Go back to what you said earlier. The plan, um, it's our it's our umbrella, and so um, all these other plans implement these big visionary things in the Kirkland Transportation Plan. But um, the way that I like to approach these types of documents is to talk about the planning process. So generally speaking, just really broadly, you you define your problem, you come up with alternatives you pick altern- uh, an alternative, you implement it, and then you monitor it. And we're kind of in this little monitoring piece. And so I think it's inherent in the language that we're using in these policies that it, it, it's reflective of that planning process so that we monitor, we we assess how we've done, and then we go back through the process. Do we need to adjust anything? Do we need to go through another alternatives process and pick and, and all of that? And I think that that's maybe a piece that, um, Makes sense to us because we do. That's it's this never-ending process that we we live in, um, and it might not necessarily be said in the policy language itself. But I think that that is inherent in this work: is that everything is going to be monitored and we'll we'll assess and, and adjust as we need to. To your point about more specific data, I think um, I don't necessarily have the background of how Kirkland does it um, to be able to answer that. But I do think that those are usually data-driven decisions. So um, uh, we we will uh again be kind of following that process so hopefully that exactly it's this never-ending cycle yeah
0: um, i i had a lot of the kind of similar concerns as i was going through these and looking at the, the actions um and without like really getting down that yet i just i agree with what your point is and one thing that you, know, hearing your explanation, um, and especially like what Caitlin was saying earlier, is kind of knowing you know what's what is the process because you know internally that if you see results that you don't like, that you're going to do something about it. But that's not obvious when you read the plan. So maybe there is a place to add, you know, just some language around the um, like here's what's going to happen if we don't see the outcome that we're looking for.
2: I love that suggestion. Maybe we can do an executive summary of sorts and talk about that because, because that's always the friction in my experience is that we understand what we're talking about, but not everybody understands what we're talking yeah, about, yeah. especially when you talk to a, a community of, in this case, 95,000 people. Um, so, um, you know, it's it's definitely um, we can add a little explanations here and there that will help the understanding build the foundation before you dive into some of the specifics, kind of go step by step. And so I think we can look at that probably and talk to yeah. the consultants and get some language in there that right off the bat, you set the stage.
9: One more thing I'll add on to this. Um, if you recall, and some of you are new. So um, there was a goal for measurement that we decided to um, remove um, because for a couple of reasons. One, um, you know, our strategy is to, and, and we're all gonna have to do this and you're helping us do this, is to make sure that we're looking at this with kind of that monitoring and that measurement in mind, um, but that, but also that the, the plan will include a performance monitoring program. So that'll be a couple of steps. We'll, we'll come back to you with a whole kind of topic about how we um, monitor this plan in general. Um, and that will be that'll be a really fun discussion actually um but it'll we'll probably spend another maybe whole or half meeting on that yeah okay um so let's move on um and again if we have time we can kind of come back and get your some high level thoughts on the actions but so active transportation um this is one where um After looking at the active transportation plan, there are, (laughs) um, first there, the goals do split between walking and biking um, and the, um, there are accounted, so the action, the ATP has uses objectives and strategies. And I counted, I I had it written down somewhere, but I think it's 37, objectives with 38 additional strategies. Some of the, some of the objectives didn't have their own strategy. Um, So that's a lot to add to, to bring direct, you know, to carry forward. We really don't, we want this to be something that can be read and not pages and pages and pages of goals and policies and actions. And um, so the, and the active transportation plan gets very detailed, um, you know, sidewalks on what, you know, like on both sides of the street on transit routes and, um, you know, one side of the street or on our, ter- you know, or both sides of the street on our major arterials and transit routes. And then everywhere it's, it's a level of detail that seemed to be a lot for this. Um, and so this is a, an attempt to. Um, I've kind of summarized the kind of the key themes. and then, and then we always have that, um, you know, like implement the active transportation plan, and we can point to those goals and policies. And so, um, one of the comments from the um, July meeting is that walking and bicycling didn't cover it. So we started to use walking, rolling and bicycling. The first goal here, Um, And by the way, um, throughout this whole conversation, um, the numbers get a little jumbled. I didn't wanna renumber anything until we talked. So um, sometimes the numbers won't match up, so please forgive me. Um, But this T, future T2. The first one, making um, walking, rolling, bicycling safer, easier, accessible, and more convenient. And so the actions, the theme of the actions under this one were um, where I rolled in those from the previous plan related to identifying barriers, um, looking at ways that um, so not design, not wayfinding, which would be too um, uh, more intuitive and easier to navigate. That's really wayfinding, signage, maps, updating, getting our maps updated, getting them online. Do we need to provide, you know, work with our shop local Kirkland? you know, or is there greenway, bicycle, you know, signage, that kind of thing. Um, so safer, easier, accessible, you know, that was a little bit more thinking of those those previous policies that really looked at identifying barriers. Um, uh, four here, um, this is really about design, construction projects. Um, the five is really about, um, you know, our signature Um corridors, like the Cross Kirkland corridor, Lake Washington Boulevard, along the lake. Um, the um, five, or excuse me, six here is really about kids in school. Um, seven is really about crossings, and eight would be counts, like our multimodal count program. So, those, so that's kind of how those broke out. Um, I think as we look at these, we'll want to make sure we got all the, the high-level themes. So Um, for instance, um, and I do want to address something while I have the floor, before before I turn it over, um, one of the, um, we had just talked about how we monitor. So an example, if we use the wayfinding, um, so goal or for policy here, 1.2, um, the previous wording, um, was, oh, it's split pages on me, um, Let's see, where is, oh no, I'm still, let's see, okay, hold on. The previous wording was really general, um, was, you know, development, develop and implement a pedestrian pedestrian scale wayfinding system in multiple formats, multiple platforms, involve um, identifying destinations and included all of these things into one action. And the idea here under the, the um, the you know proposed actions here is to make them specific. Um, that's one of the comments we heard. Um, wayfinding along the CKC, along greenways, um, you know, orientation around you know downtown, Lake Washington loop, things that we can specifically put into our work program, and we can slowly take them off. That way, we can say, "Oh yeah, we did that project. Oh yeah, we we regularly update those bike and ped maps. Yeah, those are online right now. Check, check, check." The the original action was just pretty broad, and it would it was would a little bit harder to kind of measure. And so that's kind of the nature of the actions, just to give you a little bit of context with those. So, I'm gonna stop talking now, and happy to hear your comments.
0: Okay, I've um first one that uh kind of jumped out to me on this one was the, what's called T 1.1 and T 1.7. It seems like 1.7 is part of
12: 1.1.
7: I had similar feedback. I I felt like in the actions associated with T 1.1, safety was not at the forefront of those actions. But then if you go down, you see them later. And so it felt like Maybe T1.1, 1, 1. 1.6, and 1.7. There may be a lot of common themes there. And I just, I was struggling that I felt like safety was was pushed down. And maybe that's because it is its own goal. And we just talked about safety, you know, just a few minutes ago. And so maybe that is, you know, meant to be uh, throughout the document. But I I was struggling that safety was felt pushed down
0: in in T1. Well, the other thing that came up for me is I was reading through the rest of them after reading the first, the safety goal was. It felt like there was redundancy there, and like why, why? And I know we talked about this back in May and June. Um, of you know, there's kind of pros and cons, um, but it, it it really just did come across as like why, why do we have safety in so many different places when it's doing, the outcome is the same. I mean, the uh, the kind of benefit of it is that you're really emphasizing it and you're breaking off like what you were saying of, you know, here's a specific thing we're going to focus on and we can check it off and say we've, we're making progress here. Um, but at the same time, then it kind of feels like, why do we have different policy? Why is there a policy for make it safer? And then one specific policy is make crossing safer. Mm-hmm.
10: Mm-hmm. Right. And so, as I'm looking at this, I see for like 1.6 and 1.7, there's similarities in the policy, but the actions are very different. And so maybe we need to be, we need to wordsmith the policy so that it highlights what the focus is. Mm-hmm. Because the actions for one point, I think it's 1.1, 1.6, and 1.7, those actions are very different and refer to different plans, whereas the policies seem like they encompass really everything on a broader topic. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um. So I'm just looking back how we're tying this to the active transportation plan, because I think what well, we approved last year had three different goals, and I don't see the part where we're incentivizing. I think we say encourage or use the word incentivize. Somehow we can bring that back in here, because I think part of this, you know, yes, we're making it safer, blah, 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 but I think what makes Kirkland a little more special is that we're actually kind of being proactive about it, not just making it available, but actually encouraging it. And so I think that's, so So my comment would be somehow tying, again, tying this back to how the first one had tying it back to the zero Vision Zero plan, how this ties back to our uh, active transportation plan that passed last year. And just make sure those tie back in. And uh, just picking off of what you guys were talking about, T1 in the goals, in the, goal st- in the what, policy statement? In the policy, something about policy, policy yeah, we don't actually use the word safe, right? And But yet, you know there's an overwhelming emphasis on goals of being safe. So it's like, I don't know, we need to work with it back in there, just to what's, you know, it's yeah, kind of, this, that was this, a- it, it just kind of caught me off guard. It was like, oh, wait, 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 we we say safe like five times on in this column, but we actually don't say it in the,
0: in the very first column. Well, and safe versus safer, as yeah. don't get me going.
1: Yeah, okay, oh. <laughs> But yeah. vision zero.
10: And then I just have one quick comment about acronyms. Um, we refer to the SRTS. Um, I don't know what that is. So I see, and there's a couple places where we spell something out and then put the acronym in a parentheses anywhere where we use the acronym at least once in the document, it'd be helpful to spell it out because we use CKC everywhere and we know what that is, but someone who comes in might not know what that is. Okay.
9: (laughs) All right. Um, I think there's really great feedback for this one. Um, we'll kind of, I've got, Oh,
12: keep going. One last, one last thing on this one. Um, as I was kind of going through one challenge that I always have with designing transportation facilities and coordinating um, is sometimes knowing what is the applicable type of cross section or facility to go in um, specific to the bike network. When you're putting in say a brand new bike facility, it's part of the bike network. Is it really clearly identified? Is it a on-street bike lane? Is it a buffered bike lane? Is it a protected bike lane? I know in our safety goal right before this, it was overarching start with protected bike lanes on arterials. But I think even in the ATP, it doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. And if we get to cases that aren't that, that aren't a protected bike lane on an arterial, how do we decide what is the pro- the appropriate facility? And as I was going through both the policies and actions in this, that's something I think we could have a little bit clearer language on of how we approach the appropriate facility how we're updating the standard plans you know is that the the vehicle to um, apply those throughout i know it will be a piece of it but um that's that's one thing i think that we could strengthen up a little bit
9: that's a great comment yeah
11: Yeah, just to add or address that, um, I think a good thing to do would be to reference design guidelines or reference our standard plans or reference the active transportation plan. But I do still want to leave us a little bit of flexibility that every time we have a design project, we really approach it and reevaluate. Does that proposal still make sense as the plan was developed? It could be five or 10 years down the line before we get to a project. So updated vehicle volumes and speeds. Does it still make sense to put a greenway here? Does it need to go to that next level of protection or, Hey, actually maybe we don't need full protection here. Maybe buffered bike lanes is okay. And we don't have to spend that amount of money for this roadway because the speeds and volumes are quite low and it's appropriate to just have striping. So that kind of thing, we still want to leave ourselves some flexibility in implementing, um, the projects.
12: Yeah, I think that's perfect having kind of some target parameters and a, an overall framework that you can use consistently throughout the city so that you aren't doing an alternatives analysis process mm-hmm. all over the place, which becomes a huge effort, maybe kind of creates a patchwork in the end.
9: Um, This did bring up something that we were talking about earlier about, you know, which directions do the plans point. So if this, um, so, I'm pretty sure the language from the ATP says something about considering um, protected bike lanes. If if it happens that this um, Kirkland's transportation plan um, says, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. If this says, um, make it a requirement to put in protected intersections until unless they're otherwise considered infeasible or some language like that um that language is stronger than the of transport currently adopted active transportation plan and we would go with the transportation Kirkland transportation plan language because it would kind of this would be like the forgive me the master document <laughs> I had to say so but if that kind of gets back to that well
0: something I I wanted to make sure I was understanding from what Victoria said um in, in Brian, that the rather than, for example, saying when this particular intersection or stretch of road gets redeveloped, it needs to have this kind of design um that the uh, policies are more saying, if these are the conditions being experienced on this road these are this these are the traffic volumes these are the um speeds then this when at the time that this you know gets developed or redeveloped this is what it how it sh- this is the policy that points to how it should be redeveloped if it should be a buffered or protected or fully separated based on you know how it's being used at that time instead of to victoria's point of you know, that's what we thought ten years ago, and now it's not used that way at all. Um, so, just making sure the way the um, if it's if it's in the ATP or if it's in the KTP, <laughs> the Kirkland Transportation Plan, that there is um, that it's it it's more specific to what are the conditions of how that road's being used at the time. That um, you're looking at the the volumes and the speeds and who's using the road.
12: It's a really good point. And one thing that, you know, if there is some expansive speed limit policy changing, um, that will probably really change the nature of, say, how you evaluate level of traffic stress um, on individual project corridors in between, you know, year 10 versus year 20.
9: Um. Writing down a note for um, a potential action to maybe update our level of traffic stress after we adjust our do our speed limit study. <laughs> um, just an idea. Okay. Well, thank you. That was a good discussion. Anything else on this one? We'll move on. All right. Um, I given um, um, council's interest in transit and being proactive with transit um the um this one kind of we added a couple new policies
3: um the
9: try we so with this one again trying to cover all of our bases here so Um, Three one, um, you know, plan and construct an environment supportive of transit. Um, And that leads into us kind of uh, things like implementing our transit implementation plan, transit queue jumps, that type of thing, Um, comfortable passenger facilities. So the things that Kirkland can do are looking at our sidewalk connections, um, site distances, um, that type of thing, working with Metro on um, you know, uh, the stop locations. Um, we've actually done that in a couple of places where they've relocated a stop based on our sidewalk network or um, um prioritize our you know, uh, the first, essentially the um, 3-3 would be that nod to the first and last mile connection. So reiterating that, again, we kind of talked about that balance between repeating ourselves, um, but that was specific. Council wanted to make sure that that is clear. Um, And then we get into our transportation demand management and commute trip reduction programs. Um, uh, And then um, 3-5, the transportation demand, uh, excuse me, uh, there's a, a typo in that. Um, that should be transportation management plan. Um, that's the acronym that um, Doug was mentioning earlier, that TMP gets confused with. Well, um, then that was three six, right? Um, so just making it three five. Um, oh, Mine is okay. Um, I think it's correct in the spreadsheet, just not on the slide, <laughs> um, the three, six, um, transit along the cross Kirkland corridor. Um, this one is straight from our, um, uh, master, uh, the cross Kirkland corridor master plan, um, that, that one, um, will likely have a council will really be the, the ones that will, let us know at what scale they want to um, communicate transit in the transport into the Kirkland transportation plan. Um, and then new ones, um, just uh, supporting our transit oriented development initiatives. Um, another new one is um, promote, So promoting the use of transit as a viable option. Um, and so that could be, incentive programs, um, partnering on incentive programs. It could be our own um, kind of help with um, education. Um, Then um, the third new one, um, studying alternative transit services. So that came straight from council's comments from the study session. And then um, consider um, public funding support. Um, and that also came from conversations with some council members about um, you know how do we you know how do we increase funding. So for instance, um, Seattle um, essentially purchases transit service from Metro. Um they do that through their transportation benefit district. We've chose to implement our um, side uh, pedestrian and bike um, networks. Um, but that is something that we could consider as well. So there's a lot there, but that's the difference between all of these. Um hopefully that covers um covers a lot of things. So any comments?
1: Yeah, uh in July we talked about transportation network uh companies, TNCs. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, is that captured here or is that, you know, I think one of the emphasis is that, you know, could that be an alternative to traditional public sector transit services provider, right? So didn't know if that was here or how we're treating TNCs in terms of as an alternative or perhaps, you know, maybe a different mode that helps seniors and other folks that don't, you know, locally don't have that mobility option.
0: But before you answer, what is Transportation, what?
1: Uh, Transportation network companies. So like Uber.
0: Oh, okay.
11: Could that be in the last new goal research study and pilot alternative transit services?
1: Um, yeah, I think it, 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 uh, yeah, I have two two things on it. So it could be a, a transit alternative, but also could, you know we need to see what the impacts are. They're here today. They're providing mobility services to you know my parents. My, my parents just found Uber and they finally love it. I don't know why they, they took us so long to get them used to. It. But <laughs> but again, you know they're they're. You no, know, their their mobility challenge, right? They can't drive anymore. And so you know these, these type of companies are providing some service today. And, you know, maybe perhaps this plan will provide some guidance in terms of how do we incorporate that choice that people have or that option that people have and you know and, and what the impacts are to our networks in terms of their use, especially if autonomous vehicles coming down the pipeline. What does that vision look like in terms of how do we play nice with them or can we partner with them? um i think channeling Raphael. there's a lot of data coming out of these tncs right there's a lot of uh, mds uh data feeds that are coming out from these these companies already and uh, is the city doing anything about collecting that analyzing that or seeing what that how that kind of provide feedback in terms of what we're doing in terms of transportation for our community
0: um And along those lines, I appreciate that the new um, one there about the transit as a viable option for uh, commute and non-commute trips. Um, I would love to see something like uh, the Metro Flex that they're doing in Juanita um, to one, be expanded to the weekends, um, more hours of the day, and then also expanded into more areas of Kirkland and and our area. Um, and thinking about you, know, you're giving your example of your parents, my teenage daughter, who is not of driving age, and I'm not excited to get her driving anytime soon. Um, and I'm not comfortable with her biking on most of our roads. So uh her having more flexibility um with something like Metroflex on the weekends instead of me having to drive her places. I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels that way. <laughs> um, I would love to see uh, that.
1: Yeah, I do have one more thing. Maybe it's more short term. I'm not sure it's new normal, but I know Lake Washington School District has had a tremendous uh, uh, problem or challenge implementing their bus network, and uh, ends up with parents driving their kids, dropping off, and so forth. So, inadvertently, some of these private bus service is is spilling into you know the public right away. And so I don't know if there's anywhere if this is the transit portion of it or where we talk about partnering, but is there a way to perhaps within the city limits, at least can we do something to support it or because right now, I mean, the you know, uh, you know, the the roads around the schools during during drop off and pickup times are just horrendous. And part of it is because the school district doesn't is not able to provide that bus service.
0: Well, in some other countries, there's not a separate school bus system and public transit system. You know, they're both of our Holy metro God. and metro? and school buses, they the school districts are struggling to get enough drivers. And it's like, if we just combine the two, then maybe there would be enough drivers.
9: Right? <laughs> These are those are great comments. Anybody else? Great. Um, Vehicle network management. Um, We talked a lot about this the last time. Um, So um, strategic investments and intersections and street capacity to support existing and proposed land use. Um, These are, these ones were essentially, mostly carried over um, as you can see from the the numbers. Um, I don't, you can kind of, let me compare uh, back and forth. I don't think um, these ones have changed that much um, other than kind of develop versus implement um, are the ITS plan. Um, that one is also very detailed. So that would be one of those where we would point to and implement um, an active approach to managing on and off street parking. So um, that is where kind of curb management would live. Um, the specifics about what that means kind of specific to um develop a curb management plan that that would be an action to that one. Um, mitigating impacts of um, traffic on neighborhood streets um, and then new ones um, um, essentially um, looking at countermeasures. and so um, our uh, a speaker um, at the beginning mentioned um, the um, and maybe we can kind of cross-reference this to the safety goal she was referencing about, um, look, you know, looking at our um, crash patterns. Um, A lot of times it's looking at near misses or um, just um, different types of travel patterns that have been um, subject of, um, that have caused crashes in the past. So our Vision Zero plan has identified um, contributing factors And there's human contributing factors, but there's also roadway contributing factors. And this would help us, um, you know, this would be a nod to us taking a look at that um, and looking at how we can um, um, identify countermeasures, usually through technology. Um, There's, for instance, there's um, some really very cool, a technology we're looking at with our cameras that's providing us a lot of information and you know those those are kind of pilot being piloted right now but expanding those looking at those and how they can help us um looking at um at near misses and that type of thing and how we can identify projects before a crash happens so that's that kind of preventative piece and then um clarifying our truck and freight routes um and we'll have to identify the the or define kind of the difference between um truck and freight routes. Um but that would be kind of under there are we're not necessarily a super freight city. We have a couple of freight quarters, not to mention four or five. But um, you know, there's we'd have a lot of deliveries, places where we might not want trucks to go, like under the bridge. Under the bridge. <laughs> Any comments?
12: Um, I'm actually very excited for that last new one of getting our freight and truck networks really defined. Um, I know we've talked about that um, a few times before. And some of the things that I think about when we're considering safety throughout the city is intersection design. What do our intersection corners look like? How short are the crossings? How exposed are pedestrians and cyclists when they're, they're going through those conflict zones? Um, One question I was trying to answer as I was going through the proposed actions is, do we have a clear path kind of outline for how the city will establish requirements for design or control vehicles um, when doing truck turning paths around corners to design um, our intersections as they're upgraded, whether by city projects, by developers, by, you know, stakeholders such as Sound Transit or or Metro? And also, if it's a big semi-truck, how much of the roadway can they use? Do we have clear parameters that will lead to to those designs and evaluation in a consistent manner?
3: We do have some um, pre-approved plans um, that our staff look at, whether they're for the private developer or for city projects, we do. I don't know the specifics of all of them. I mean, we can certainly get that detail and share that. Mm-hmm.
12: Yeah, I think, mm-hmm. kind of from past experience, it's a little bit of there's some flexibility. With there is some it, flexibility, but it's yes. kind of understanding. Is it a an SU thirty single unit truck like a oh, UPS okay. truck, or is it a um, semi that's say with? WB 40, is it all the way up to a WB 67? What size of vehicle, because it really changes the, the geometry and the resulting intersection design and how big that intersection can get very quickly.
1: Yeah, I have an additional comment. I think last time we also talked about curb management, right? So we talk here about separately about parking on-street, off, uh, on-street off-street on parking, we talk about freight, but it's the combination intersection of curb management, you know, when you have freight deliveries, especially downtown, parking, especially we're endeavoring on that uh, downtown parking study and so forth. So is this the place for curb? Uh, Because I didn't see it anywhere else, but curb management Mm -hmm. would make sense to hear.
9: Actually, that is a great comment because we do have it. And I was thinking that it would be more of an action to this, but you actually have a point because curb management really is the hierarchy. Parking is just one component of that. And so maybe those should be flipped um, because there's,
0: yeah, yeah, in addition to parking and deliveries, there's the, the Uber and,
1: and yeah mm-hmm. and or you know, you know, restaurants, you know yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. no, that's a great
9: comment,
10: yeah, And my comment actually is taking what we see here about um communication platform for freight and truck corridors and going back to the The safety one where we say make walking and biking more intuitive and easier to navigate. Would that navigation and wayfinding include information that says, oh this is a freight or a truck route so I'd be less likely to choose that route? Is that information, could we possibly communicate that back for the pedestrian?
0: and i think the flip of that is is it obvious intuitive to freight drivers that this is the preferred route for them so they're not driving under the truck
6: eating bridge i mean to some degree whether or not that's the preferred route preferred route for them they're going to they're going to take the fastest route yeah. it doesn't really matter if we tell them what we prefer
0: But I mean, just kind of thinking about um, intersection design and that type of thing, if, if, you know, this route has the intersections, that's designed for them, and they're not having to damage infrastructure, cutting corners and um, maybe somehow more strongly emphasize that through design and through
10: education, communication. And I don't know if this is the right place to mention it, but the road that goes in front of the library, where all the buses pick up and drop off, there is a pedestrian crosswalk. And I was stopped and watched a vehicle make a left turn in the pedestrian crosswalk to go down that street. And so I guess my question is, Is there any way to put a barrier that prevents vehicles from being able to drive through that crosswalk? It's wide enough to be a lane, but that's not the first time I've seen that.
6: Uh, I'm pretty sure that we don't really have like policing type cameras around there, but that would be a great spot to just have a police camera to click photos of license plates. (laughs) (laughs)
10: That's
0: got to get it out there when you have the opportunity of <laughs> um, one thing. And I felt like I saw this somewhere in this packet, but it, I'm not finding it right now, but it just came back up for me looking at the kind of safety patterns, crash history, um, the notion of using cell phone data to track um, kind of what modes people are using, because you can tell by how fast they're going um, and using that to inform where you've got um, heavier pedestrian and site like not just relying on there was an incident here. So that's where, that's what drives our need to focus here. And, you know, if there is, if there are areas that we're thinking this could be a good pedestrian or cycling corridor, but we don't see a lot of pedestrian use there, why? Like the, the woman who called in earlier and said, you know, 124th, would be great, except for it doesn't feel safe. So that's why maybe we wouldn't see a lot of pedestrian activity there. And I felt like I saw that somewhere. I don't think that's an original idea, but so maybe <laughs> I
11: it would be it. under T2 Grow the Citywide Multimodal Count Program. And that could be more under pilots or these other ways of collecting data rather than just our eco counters or things mm-hmm. like that. Love that. Can I add one more thing on the, the truck and freight and,
7: and just looking at the proposed actions here, we're talking about maps and a communication platform for communicating these networks to freight and delivery. Those feel like kind of just first steps and um, not very forceful steps. And I wonder if there's like a space to add a little bit more teeth there. So to Tracy's point, like put a pole so you can't go there. Or I'm thinking about in the Highlands as you come off of 85th, there's very clear signage that says there is no way to go downtown or go to commerce here, and it's very clear this is a you know a neighborhood, not for freight. Um, you know, can we go beyond signs and use design to to Brian's point to be a little bit more forceful around truck and freight and because this is a new action item, just I would say i'm I'm curious what else we can do beyond maps and a communication platform to add a little bit more teeth to that. In the spirit of supporting um, making uh, less impact on walking and biking. Going back to our earlier. Mm-hmm. Great.
12: Anybody else? All
9: right. Moving
2: on. Just before we do that, I want to do a quick time check. I think we're not quite halfway through, and um, it's about 7 30. So um, just for the Good of the commission.
0: So what you're saying is we're doing great.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've been in lots of late night meetings, so <laughs> we can do that if everyone's up for it.
9: We did get through the tough ones, by way. Um, as I um, we've massaged the language to the goal. Council liked it. Um, the policy is pretty simple here. Um the, um, you know, essentially create an equitable system and, you know, implement projects and programs that um, in ways that prevent or minimize impacts to our priority populations. It's pretty straightforward in terms of the policies for this one, the the goal kind of speaks for itself, but curious of your thoughts.
1: Yeah, I'll go back to what kind of said before, I think, I think the realization that our transportation network is not necessarily equitable now. And so, you know, here we're saying create an equitable system, but I think, you know, I think there's, there's got to be some kind of recognition that there is some inequity right now in terms of how we've designed and implemented our networks through the years. And so, so what I'm trying to get at is that you know, I think, you know, the create an equitable system is, is kind of, I don't know, it's kind of missing that point that, you know, we're starting from a basis of inequitable position. So I don't know how we want to um, kind of, in the spirit of recognizing that, hey, right now the system's not inc- inequitable. How do we rectify that or be more proactive about it?
0: Something that jumps out at me, and I think it's very much along those lines, it is all of the other goals, we, there's lots of stuff there, right? And I think that's because we're hearing there's lots of experience with that. And the fact that this is so little here tells me that we're just not really hearing from these groups. Um and if we were really getting more input from these groups, we would probably have a lot more detail and a lot longer list here. And I know I've commented before that in and I know the city's working on really trying to hear more from the a broader group of stakeholders?
3: Actually, um, no, I I just responded to a resident um, who is disabled and doesn't have um, the ability to use their arms even. And so, um, you know, they're advocating for infrastructure that of course can address that need but I do think we could probably do more here to talk about our system is designed for the abled and how can we you know, really design a system hardware, you know, that is for um, the disabled and, and not just for the abled. So we focus a lot on biking, walking, which is good. We need to do that, you know, but there's this truly underrepresented community. And we think we're doing it, I know we are, with our ADA plan, American Disabilities Act plan, Um, but that probably doesn't go far enough. And I think there is a lot here we could probably tease out more, be more, more proactive in designing a system that's not just for the abled. So we can, we'll work on that.
8: We could have some, you know, Maybe passive detection, which which kind of relates back to the ITS section, but I think there's a lot we could do here.
12: Great.
9: Okay, we'll work on that. Sustainability. So um, this one, um, these point. Um, these are aligned with the, um, sustainability plan. Um, so, um, being energy efficient, system performance, um, acceptable levels of service, um, for that gets into mode shift. So that's a little bit of a dupe duplicate, but mode shift is important to sustainability through mode shift um minimizing impacts to air and water and then you know the the actions would get a little bit more detailed um kind of a disaster preparing for disaster and then essentially kind of pointing to Kirkland sustainability plan which is also another one of those very detailed documents um kind of looked through it and kind of made sure that these are aligned with kind of that kind of a hierarchy but um the the sustainability plans pretty detailed
0: comments. All right. I just have one comment, but I just wanted to see if there were any actions that already spoke to well, so the roadway runoff pollution. Um I don't know if it's again that there's a little bit of the redundancy element, but Um, somehow acknowledging that by reducing car trips, you reduce the, um, you know, tire shedding and, Mm. um, stuff that comes off the cars that ends up in the waterways.
11: Yeah, that's a
6: great
11: one. Okay. I have a question for this group on the implement Kirkland sustainability plan. Would it be worth specifying the transportation policies or transportation actions identified in the sustainability master plan? Because there's a lot that will fall beyond the purvey of of this. But is that obvious enough? Question.
1: I kind of agree because I'm pulling it up now. I'm like, wow, we had you know it's it's beyond our preview, right? So it's, the other ones we kind of control, but this one is kind of like a lot broader. So yeah, I think that might be. again, I'm trying to figure out what. Uh, I think that might be driving us, rather than us driving that plan.
0: That was my understanding. Was the sustainability plan is kind of an umbrella, even more over. Yeah. This... Still call a master plan, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I would. It's been a long time since I looked at that, and I would have to review it because, I mean, there's transportation gets tied into so many other things, and so I think it if, when it comes to sustainability too. Um, So you get your land use and there's just so many ways that it connects into environmental climate impact. So I would have to look at it first.
1: Yeah, thanks for bringing- So I combined land use and transportation. Mm. You got seven pages in that book.
10: Yeah. I guess my question is around the safeguard the transportation system against disaster. I guess, where I'm curious is if there is some kind of a disaster, an earthquake, a tsunami, whatever, a flood, how do we have any information that we can communicate to our constituents about what their available means of transportation is, whether there's roadways closed or public transit still available or something's unsafe to walk, bike, whatever. Is any of that part of this plan in the case of a disaster?
3: We do have reverse 911 as one um, alert tool that um, our Office of Emergency Management has. Um, so that is one way we alert the public, but. Um, I think this is an area that we could improve on. I've, I know I've asked our CIP outreach team to look at text technology. Like when we have a detour, can't we just text our residents that we've had to close this road down for construction and there's a detour. We could use that similar technology for what you're talking about is one way. We also use social media. I mean, that tends to be the way we get it out. And then who's on social media, the media and the media. So we, you know, do earned media that way, but there is no, you know, really elegant way to reach 95,000 people.
10: Right. But even if we have some way to post something to our website, we, yeah, we can do all of that.
3: We have distribution lists. Okay. We can do that. It's just
10: we're not going to reach everyone
3: unfortunately
10: right i just was wondering too if any of that's part of our plan
3: no i think you bring up a really great
10: point i'm thinking about the yeah. hawaii the maui disaster no, bringing up
3: a great point
10: you know people weren't able to move yeah and and i don't expect we're going to have something like that but that's part of why we have a plan
3: well i mean it um goat hill has come up if you're familiar with that part of town Um, those folks on live on goat hill access off the hill is a challenge. And so it has come up having an emergency access through Juanita park, but that does, that's not very popular of an idea. So I say that to say, we are always looking at that, especially the fire department, but, um, it's not always, um. Sometimes you know
10: favorably looked at, right. yeah. But we are looking at those things. So maybe we could add some language about trying to explore. Yeah, you know, how do we define that? How do we communicate that uh, in emergency situations? Okay. And something
0: that you made me think of, and I thought is where you were going with the comment was. Um, not just in the moment, but having some education around, you know, these, these would be kind of the main routes. If there were a disaster, if there were an earthquake, I would not want to go down Goodwill Hill because I'm pretty sure that it will have already gone down the hill, um, until we actually get some real infrastructure up there. So I think, um, because, if the internet's down, you're not gonna be able to go on the city's website and see what roads are closed anyway. Um, and, you know, we always hear when there's big disasters, the cell service is horrible. You probably don't have internet, you might not have power. Um, so some sort of education, you know, I mean, the city already does the um, disaster response kind of community education, if that could be part of
10: it. And I don't know how that gets incorporated into this plan. But Right, but if there were fires going on that were you know wind was exacerbating or something is there some way like you said to start sending out notifications about primary transit routes that kind of thing
3: we definitely have mechanisms usually by phone
10: mm-hmm.
3: I wanted
7: to add just one piece we were having a little side chat as we were pulling up the uh the sustainability master risk guess not master plan but the sustainability plan that flows into here um we, and I don't see it anywhere else in our goals. And we talk about the environmental impacts of transportation here. Is this a nice place just to add the environmental and health impacts of our transportation facilities? Um, we talk about that, you know, health in regard to safety and vision zero, but um, if we wanna model the current sustainability plan, they do call out that connection. And so this could be a nice place to add that into T6.4. you know, health and sustainability can go hand in hand. I don't know if it fits anywhere else and I don't, I'm not proposing that a whole nother goal. So maybe this is the place to slot it in.
9: Huh. Okay, I'm gonna keep moving. Um, so technology emerging practices, practices, um, you know, position us to respond to innovation. Um, and we did talk a lot about, I will acknowledge that this group talked a lot about that. there's a difference between existing um what and then what may be coming in the future um and so hopefully we can tease that out in the actions um uh, maybe there's a way to tease that out here um and then there's there some placeholders here this was kind of a like i mentioned a little bit of a tight turnaround from the, the the um the wednesday night um study session to getting this packet out friday <laughs> Um, and so, but there's some, a couple placeholders here in terms of, um, I'm circling back to the Smart Cities plan, um, um, you know, kind of a policy related to, you know, the use of public right-of-way for other purposes um, that may be under a different goal. We talked a little bit about the curb management going under the um, uh, kind of the vehicle network. Um, and then, you know, there's, um, you know, maybe the that last placeholder is where we talk about new things, um, uh, you know, AV. And so maybe that original one, T4, um, can kind of address our existing technologies. Um, and then the last one, maybe future technologies, just kind of a, this one is. not as as baked as the other ones.
2: One thing I might add to this discussion for this particular goal is that um, I I tend to think of policies as not all being created equal sometimes. Um, And this is kind of an example of that in the sense that this could be an area where a lot of change is impacted really quickly. this might set the stage for a lot of new studies, new technologies, new infrastructure, new, a lot of new things. So we might want to spend a little time thinking about what is around the bend. And are we thinking 20 years, even more than that down the road to set the stage for us to do that work now? Because things like connected autonomous vehicles, that's maybe, I don't know, 10 years down the road, but what are the things we need to do to set the stage with policies so that our city council can implement and direct staff to do the things necessary to get there, so that this is an area to have some impact, I think.
1: Yeah, so I think from from July also, I think we talked about some of these may need to be broken out a little bit more separately. I mean, electric electric, electric vehicles are here now, so as part of curb management, you know, folks who have apartments, how do they get plugged in and charge overnight? I, there's grants already on the street from from. Federal grants in terms of charging stations and whatnot. So I think some of these are not around the corner, but actually are here now. And how we as a city position to take advantage to uh, or to, make, uh, you know, to support you know, the, those kind of initiatives or you know, you know, users out there, customers that we have. And so I would kind of I would suggest breaking off, you know, making sure we have separate separate for electric vehicles. I think Thomas vehicles have their own little whole host of issues that go along with with that um so yeah and then um i think we also talked about is this is kind of the repository for data data collection data analysis and uh taking action from data so what's our data plan what's our analysis plan for all this data so some sort of what's our our initiative of collecting i, mean, I think thing that we kind of said that was a little bit kind of capturing in smart cities but I think calling it out more specifically saying, hey, okay, what's our plan for all the data streaming in from different places, right? From Amazon, AWS work for the governor and so forth. How are we using that? What's And that would give staff kind of, is this what's in our priority list, right? Okay, maybe we identify it, but maybe it's not, we got higher priorities, but at least we have understanding that we we recognize that there, there is a, a treasure trove of data, not just from like RTS sensors out there, but from, Know, do we partner with Waze? Do we partner with Google? Do we have the APIs in place for dissemination of information and so forth? What's our strategic plan from a transportation standpoint? Um, and then more importantly, what's our, um, you know, how we can analyze all, all, all this data, right? We could be data rich and analysis poor. So what are we gonna do about dashboarding, creating action plans from the from data collecting? Like as I mentioned earlier, the TNCs, the Ubers and Lyfts are creating data for us. Well, you know, they're using our networks, they're they're collecting money off our roads, what can we do with it? Great, that's a good one, yeah.
10: Do we have another plan that discusses how the city uses data and analytics?
9: I think that would really be our smart cities plan. I'd have to take a look at it a little bit more closely, but um, that would really be where that lives that um, we could take a look at.
10: Because there may be some language in there that we could point to here because we're talking about monitoring and dashboards and things, and that would be beautiful. Yeah, right.
0: Sorry, I'm not, uh, smart cities, does that cover, I know, um, Bellevue has been piloting and maybe Ryan knows about this, the, um, like car, cars talking to each other. Um, I don't remember what that's called
9: connected, vehicles.
0: connected vehicles. Um, is that something worth kind of calling out specifically, or is that covered in smart cities?
9: I think that would be something we should call out oh, along with, um, automated vehicles, A lot of, oftentimes they use automated, um, and or connected. They are different. Yeah, that's a good one. So we have about ten minutes left of this agenda item. So I'm going to move us along. These are really great comments. Um, the the land use one. Um, if with your permission, I'd like to um, kind of move on from this one. The reason why is that um, after the last transportation commission, we sat down with our like, our, pretty much our whole entire planning department, <laughs> including our planning director, and kind of really massage the language out. Um, and so um, perhaps um, we could take, um, you know, um, we can summarize um, this a little bit more at a higher level. But I, there are a couple questions that I did want to um, move on to. and We can come back to this if there's still time. But um, so the um, the goal of being an active partner council wanted to maintain, and we could keep the original goal language, um, or we can um, use the original guiding principle language. Um I think both of them are, you know, fine. Um, but just kind of I noticed that in my materials we didn't include the the goal statement. So I just wanted to cover that. Any thoughts?
1: Wait, are we talking about the partnership one now?
9: We are we've moved on to partnerships. Yeah, Sorry. I
1: think, think we we'll... skipped the land use. Oh no, we captured it, like public and private sector. Partners,
9: yeah. I'm good. Sorry. Okay. I keep the 2015. All right. Um, uh, also, given time, um, I uh, there's there's a lot in here, um, and essentially we try to cover all the different types of partnerships that we would put together. Um, maybe this is one we could also come back to, because I would like to have a little, a little bit more time to talk about the maintenance goal in our last 10 minutes. Um, unless you want to go back to, um, be an active partner or land
12: use. I, I do have one thing on the the partnership, just as a, I didn't mean to rush it A broad level. Um, <laughs> I feel like we're very passive. And okay. I think we need to be more, more proactive with our vision. If this is going to 2044, um, you know, if we think of partnering with Sound Transit, will there be an ST4? Do, does the city have a vision for what we want? And if we aren't making that vision, we're going to be caught reacting. And so just kind of as a broad base across the board for that, making sure that we have that built in.
1: Great. Oh, yeah, I'm just looking at the on the OK, so when we talk about pri- private partners, public private, I think when we do have it in the in the policies themselves. I think they're there tend to be more towards private provider, service providers, something like that. I think at one point we talked about, well, what are we doing with employers, major employers, mm. private sector employers, with their commute programs and so forth. So if we have some language again along those lines that it's not just private mobility providers, but private employers. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah, thanks.
7: I would just add on T7.7, 7. 7, um, we are kind of leading with private here. You have nonprofit and other new partners, but I think this is an area to advance some of your equity goals as well. And so um, just to Brian's point to be a little bit more proactive and um, yeah, think about a, a, some stronger language there. Seems like an opportunity. Okay.
0: The, the one other thing here that I don't, I'm not sure that it, it's, I just haven't seen the opportunity where this fits. And so I'm not sure if it's a partnership, but um, partnership with stakeholders in the community um, for opportunity to give input at, uh, you know, when there's major projects, um, transportation developments happening, that there's opportunities to get input Um earlier and from key stakeholder groups. I'm not sure if that belongs in this partnership goal or if that's in a different goal, but it's I was struggling with where does that fit?
2: I like that. I think um, possibly in the equity actually, and it can be an outreach, <clears throat> excuse me, outreach oriented goal, reaching more of the population and hearing from a broader segment of the community. I think that might be a way to, to finesse it. Um, traditionally that's, that's where my mind goes. I think just based on past experience, but good suggestion. Thank you. Maybe we're
7: just calling that community engagement. I know when we did our little orientation, we talked about ongoing community engagement and that's been a challenge, but also a goal. And maybe this is a clear place to add that.
3: Yeah.
9: Okay, great. All right. And then, so this is the last one and again, don't mean to rush you all, um, uh, engagement. Um, so this one, um, since this is a new goal, um, these were um, derived from some of the um, policies that were under sustainability related to maintenance. Um, and, you know, essentially allocating resources to ensure that our um, assets are um, adequate adequate are existing and future assets are adequately maintained. Um, um, Prioritize maintenance operation of existing infrastructure um, and ensure our maintenance program grows. Um, It's a little bit different, they're they're similar. One is really more about making sure our resources are allocated and then the other is about of prioritizing that in terms of making sure our um, work program grows. So they're they're similar enough. We might have to finesse that a little bit. Um, and then maximizing our useful um, lifetime or essentially life cycle costs.
1: I love maintenance, right? You guys know I love maintenance. Uh... <laughs> the, my big thing is that, you know, the philosophy for the city is kind of unclear in terms of new versus existing. And, you know, I talked at some point about restoring um, and, and being cost effective about maintenance as well. And so somehow I think, you know, we, we go down this trap that maintenance is always kind of a second thought, like, oh, well, we'll figure it out when we get there. And... I don't know if, if it's us kind of making more proactiveness saying like maintenance should come first. Like we should, we, instead of building, it's great to build a new bike lane, but we can't maintain what we already have. What's the point? And so I, I don't know if we can put some more language to be a little more forceful in terms of we need to prioritize maintaining what we have now versus entertaining something great, new, shiny object. Well, I mean, I guess I
3: would, push back on that a little bit and just saying, maybe um, there's a balance there, meaning to a huge extent, we are making up for infrastructure from the 60s, right? 70s. So that's a bunch of new infrastructure we didn't have before, which we all want. So we want that. But then there's not adding too much new and then it increases our costs because that's your point too right
1: yeah i mean yeah with the annexation right we we we,
3: yeah uh, we uh
1: inherited quite a bit from King county right a lot of deferred maintenance over the years and you know somehow if we're talking about restoring or you know or i think the word restoring is kind of like a misnomer because we're not we're trying to restore something that that uh has been kept up right, that we inherited, but I think it's something to say about not just prioritizing, but making an emphasis of, I mean,
3: I see we're lacking preventative maintenance. That's to me, very clear. We need to probably right.
1: mention that because I think that's part of what you're trying to get at. Um, I think mean, we have talked about, you know, uh, you know, investment in early pavement um, rehab is a lot more cost effective than slurry seal. Yeah. Exactly. yeah then, than, than later, um, Efforts. So
3: um I, I feel like we can I'll work with I think we need to pull in maintenance because I feel like there's a couple things that we need to I don't know how much detail you want to get into here because we're woefully behind on our sidewalk maintenance. I mean, all you got to do was walk down 132nd to 32nd Square Park and just see the buckling of our panels. It's and we, you know, and it's a balance. We have some old trees there and we constantly grind those down the panels. It's a
1: balance. So, but we probably need to do something, right? Yeah. And it's tying it back in because, you know, it was kind of shocking when we talked about what budget has been spent and what was originally envisioned oh. and it was kind of lopsided that this yeah. was never well
3: and i don't know if you've i mean follow the state of washington the state of washington's maintenance so this is them doing overlay and that sort of thing i think of their total budget is three or four percent of their total budget because it's all on new infrastructure mm-hmm. you know that's the demand that's the greatest demand but we know their roads need to be repaved. They're terrible. Um, I think we're a little bit better at that because we do have dedicated funding. We're very fortunate, we do. But as we're seeing, we're not keeping up with the costs. Um, and another piece there, I think we need to put in there. And again, Patrick, maybe you're trying to get at that. Like we need to find more innovative, cost-effective, maintenance methods
10: like asset management yeah yeah and and i was just gonna make a comment about we talk about adequately maintained but my brain is screaming safely maintained you know are there sidewalks that are no longer safe for my 90 year old
3: for sure parents
10: to walk up and down on lake washington that kind of thing yes and he's pushing a wheelchair you know that kind of a thing so Maintenance also points to that.
1: Yeah, and to, and to me, this this the second one, prioritize maintenance and operations. It seems like it's self-contained within, like, oh, if you are going to do a new infrastructure, make sure you, you you have a plan to maintain it. But it doesn't doesn't cut across the other categories of, yeah. But it, you know, if you're talking about the, strategically over the entire budget, I think the budget maybe should have more emphasis on maintenance rather than on on new and capital, and. I, oh. I I like the
6: phrasing of safely maintain, and that I think the we we do need to maintain stuff, but a lot of times something like a new bike lane is about safety, and that I feel like that's very important, and that pitting something like a new bike lane against maintenance is not a good way to present things, and so talking about Safely maintaining our current systems is perhaps a bit better of a way to phrase it and look at it. Sometimes, Sometimes, oh, go ahead, Ryan. Sometimes when I hear
8: "preserve the existing system," maybe it feels like it's um, "preserve the status quo," and we may not get that shift to some of the goals we have. Um, But I get what I get. What you're saying, I think um, maybe you have to build it to then. allocate resources to maintain it. Um, I don't know if, you know, you mentioned improvement districts. You know, is there options for when these new uh, facilities come online that those improvement districts have maintenance built into it? or?
3: That's a good question. Um, I know this, I don't know if you're aware that the city has adopted a TIF tax increment financing for this new station area, mm-hmm. in 85th. Um, that is mainly for the growth, not the maintenance. yeah, So the idea though, you know, logically, is that you would have the future tax base to pay for that maintenance. That's the logic, yeah, so.
2: I would add for the maintenance, I think this is um, maybe one of the harder goals to um, get right. Uh, there's so many considerations, not only just uh, what we've discussed, but also incredibly rapidly rising costs for all of this with revenues that don't even come close to keeping up with that pace. So um, I think that there's there's a, a lot that goes into maintenance. And I think we might want to um, kind of go back to the drawing board a little bit and kind of Put our heads together on some of this. Um, it is very important. Uh, and it's kind of like squeezing a balloon, you know, like you clamp down, you but it, everything pops out in another spot. So um, um, really important, but I think we might want to put our heads together. Yeah, yeah, good start. story.
0: Um, I just want to say I, I really appreciate the um, proposed action of adequately fund maintenance so that maintenance does not become the driver of decision-making. Um, because I kind of felt like what I was seeing come up and a, a concern I had about adding maintenance was that it would be an excuse to kill projects. Um, and especially kind of hearing um, well, we can't do a protected bike lane because then the street sweepers can't fit in there, you know. The hearing from maintenance saying we can't we can't do street sweeping, therefore, you know. So I really appreciated seeing that line there.
2: There's always a balance to be struck there. Yeah.
9: Well, really great discussion, everyone. Thank you. Um, So we will be back um, for the joint meeting on October twenty fifth. I'm going to touch kind of one more touch with the joint um, commission on the kind of a high level the policies um, or pretty mostly the goals and policies that tr- uh, the planning commission is going to be at a, a lot less detailed. Um, and then we'd like to start talking with you all about how we plan to prioritize our projects. Um, so that'll be an exciting time for this plan update. Um, so there's a lot more to come this for the next couple months.
3: Kimberly, can you clarify, is that the commission's date? That's
9: okay. the, com- uh, the transportation commission, the- date. Planning Commission will join
3: the Transportation Commission. Because October 25th, I thought was a Thursday. It's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. Okay. My bad. Thanks.
9: Um, we should talk about how we're gonna structure the room and that type
0: of thing. I was actually wondering if you could give a little bit more detail about the that joint meeting and what the kind of objectives are.
9: Um at the end of the day um it would be i would like the the entire group to be comfortable with the um the the final goals and the goal statements um particularly the planning commission um so they're going to be a little bit less far along than you all are all but you know for instance this you know the maintenance um you know we've talked a little bit about that too is still we haven't um kind of pinned down that goal statement yet um but then um really just kind of getting an endorsement um but then we would like to um start talking and um get some um, um I don't, i'm not sure if i want to use the term recommendation but um uh, good feedback on the proposal for um the prioritization process and so what we plan to do is talk a little bit about what we would propose um, to prioritize projects. So for instance, um, in the active transportation plan, we used a uh, criteria for um, access to activity centers in our conversation with our planning department, you know, they had, and others have used that term as well. And the thought is, well, you know, what does that really mean? That actual term isn't really in the comp plan. We use certain like um, areas that were zoned a certain way for that. Um, and then, you know, there's there are other places that we, you know that are full of activity, or we want more activity that might not fit into. And so, kind of broadening that scope in terms of like at and at like what does access mean? Um, access to transit is that existing transit? Do we look at the 20 years down the line? Do we look at other places that's not included in metros? Um, you know, so some of those conversations kind of walking through um, certain measures that we might use for our prioritization. Um, and getting some feedback on the, some recommended um, ways that we might use
0: those. Um, I guess I was wondering, so it sounds like it's primarily about how the transportation plan becomes an element in the comprehensive plan and that there's consistency in language there. Um, and I was wondering if there were any, if there's going to be any conversation around just sort of the connection between transportation and land use. Mm. Um, in you know, that part of the comprehensive plan.
9: Yes. And in fact, Victoria and I were just talking about that the other day, where um that would be one area where we would get into policy, into the the policies with them. Okay. Um and so at, at okay,
0: this would, next joint meeting.
9: At the next joint meeting, because that's really their their bread and butter. Right. And so going through um, we're, you know, like we've worked really closely with the transportation commission on all these, you know active transportation and transit and partnerships but um now that we have this opportunity with you all here planning commission thanks for joining us let's let's go through these land use policies and see if they really relate back to you that's because it's it would be too much to kind of go through all of this with them but um we did talk about so thanks for mentioning that because that was an idea we had okay
0: great
2: one thing i want to emphasize about where we're at in the process is that um and Kim is mostly shouldering this, but there's a lot of parallel processes going on right now. We got transportation commission, planning commission, city council, and so we're getting a lot of feedback. So it's gonna get a little bit complicated in the next couple months or so. um, And it's gonna probably pick up and get get, uh, really fast, really quick. So um, just wanted to mention that Kim in particular is dealing with a lot of um, moving pieces right now. So. um,
9: Going to planning commission tomorrow night.
2: Exactly. Yeah, so, and then council in November, and so yeah, the pace the pace is gonna get really fast here. Back
0: to you, Faye. Thanks. Thank you. And uh, Brian just pointed out to me that there is a gap in the timestamps on the-
2: I noticed the- that I today, and it's like one of those things, you know. Uh, Apologies for that. That was uh, my mistake. I think I might've deleted a row from a previous agenda and then forgot to update the time. So, um, sorry.
0: (laughs) Okay. Just wanted to make sure it wasn't like, and you know, something was supposed to be there that wasn't.
2: No, that's just a, um, a mistake.
0: Okay. So I think now we're just moving on to comments and updates and I, Doug, I guess you have, are you leading that?
2: Um, I I have a couple of these, but actually the first one is uh, Park Lane and Victoria is going to take Okay. So thank you.
11: So I'll just chime in. We presented the plan to Council two weeks ago now, just after Labor Day, and Council motioned unanimously to not close Park Lane to vehicle traffic so it will remain as it is, still able to close it for special events and things of that nature. Uh, but we are no longer proceeding any study or evaluation of temporary or permanent closures as was developed in this study so it's a very clear directive from council um they did express it's not a final everlasting decision it could be revisited in the future but council really emphasized that we have a lot of priorities we want to do in the city right we have sidewalk gaps we have bike lanes we want to do and they really felt to do Park Lane right and the funding it would require could be better spent on our other safety priorities citywide as opposed to this one block downtown. And then they also really emphasized that the successful examples did have strong support from the business community because it really is an economic development strategy. So if there's a really strong opposition, it didn't seem like the right time to Um, pursue that conversation. And then the third thing uh, that we're still working on is council directed us to look at downtown as a whole. And they asked, well, you know, we're looking at this one block, but what about the east block of Park Lane? What about this big connection from the waterfront to Kirkland urban? Um, And what about the scramble and all these other things we know that are coming? So I believe when planning department is gonna go to council as part of the comprehensive plan, um, they're going to ask for a little bit more clarification on what does that look like? That could be as simple as revisiting all of our policies and neighborhood plans to date and refreshing council on the vision we already have. It could be as, um, on that complete opposite end of the spectrum, uh, updating the downtown action plan, which would be a, another work plan item for the planning department. So kind of a spectrum of what could happen there, but that was the outcome of the decision. So. Not planning to return to commission to discuss it further. Happy to answer any questions or comments if you had on the report or um, the town hall we had, or I don't know if any of you tuned into that council meeting a couple of weeks ago and um, happy to answer any questions.
12: I know it was kind of a surprise, um, but I will say one thing I would be interested in if the path does go towards kind of reopening the vision of downtown not only from a planning standpoint, but a transportation standpoint, does it go into the KTP? Is it a a policy or action?
11: Yeah, maybe that's a mid-ground between, look at what we have, redo the action plan. Maybe it's, hey, there's a specific project or policy called out in the TMP. Like we call out specifically the Cross Kirkland corridor and the Lake Washington Boulevard as our signature transportation corridors. Is there another one? we need to talk about through downtown or downtown as an area um yeah i think that we're hoping for more clarification from council on what that is because that could be a, a lot of time or a little time so
12: yeah, i know it's, it's everything's moving it's probably really hard to try and define an actual thing and in, in, you know very refined language right now but if it does go that way we want to define it hopefully we can get it done well
0: one thing that just Brought up for me is you know the two examples um, that you give the Cross Kirkland Corridor and then Lake Washington uh, Boulevard. Those are bo- both north south corridors. And thinking about east west, um, the kind of Marina Park out to the eighty fifth Street Station area is would be a, a, a natural east west. And is that worth calling out um, in the transportation plan as a, a a policy or an area to develop as an east-west?
2: That's a great point. And um, our city manager actually made a similar point. Um, And so I think uh, something we can look at for sure. Okay, great. Thank you, Victoria. so, second item here uh, as an update is uh, the groundbreaking for the interchange at uh, 85th and 405. Um, I realized after the fact that I <laughs> missed an opportunity to talk to uh, Commissioner McGee, who was also there, but I didn't know you at the time, so <laughs> I felt bad about that. Yeah. Um, but it was, I think, a really good event. So WashDOT folks were there, Sound Transit folks, all the all the um, a lot of electeds. Mayor Sweet was there to give some. Um, Um, a, a little speech. Um, there's a lot of synergy around that project, obviously. Um, some of the early site work is happening. Uh, it's going to be a huge project, um, three years of construction. And that's, I think aggressive. Um, there are so many moving pieces to it. I have only, I've sat in on a few meetings and gotten as much as I can in like a couple hours. And it's really, it makes your head spin. Um, So there's gonna be impacts to traffic, there's gonna be detours, there's going to be closures, there's going to be lots of of things happening in that area. So uh, it is our job to communicate that out to the community. So we will be doing uh, as best as we can with that. We're working obviously with the contractor and um, internally with other departments as well to make sure everybody is aware, but it it will be headaches at times. Um, But ultimately uh, having the BRT station uh, central to the city uh, is going to be a very, very good improvement uh, to regional mobility. In um, talking to Sound Transit folks, this is uh, the big, heavy-hitting piece of the whole BRT program. Um, I think it's actually the uh, by far the biggest project in the whole um, program. And so, um, uh, just kind of cool to see that. And and you know, I know my predecessor Joel did a lot of work to get that those agreements going. So there's a lot of um, you know. Um, homage to be paid to, to Joel. So um, we'll be working now on sort of the implementation side. Any questions on that? Commissioner McGee, do you have any thoughts that since you were there?
12: I just for for that project, it is really big. And I think it really showed in who all came from around the entire region to attend and kick it off. And so I think it will be a very big investment and a very good thing for
2: to have Roger Millar give sort of a, you know, kickoff speech. That's pretty big. He's the um, transportation secretary. So um, yeah, it it showed for sure, lots of energy. Uh, The next item we have here is utility box art wrap. So that was uh, at the same meeting uh, as Park Lane was decided, uh, council also heard um, presentation about utility box art wraps. And if you're not familiar with that, it's the very nice, um, you know, wraps around the signal cabinets. Um, uh, I think Seattle has had it for a while. I've seen it in Issaquah, I think Bellevue and areas, um, kind of like a place making community building type of thing. Uh, so the conversation was really good with the council. They're looking at, I believe it was 13 locations initially, and then kind of reassessing. There's, um, obviously some, you know, Selection that needs to happen. Um, there was some good input from the council about uh, where we choose um, sites. They wanted to make sure that there was some thought into maybe making making a certain area, kind of investing in a, in a certain area in the beginning, um, but also taking advantage of you know the the replaced cabinets, not the ones that we're going to replace. <laughs> um, so a good conversation there, and keep an eye out for that in the future. Uh, any thoughts, questions?
0: I have a question. I love that we're doing this. This isn't a critical question, but what does it have to do with transportation?
2: Um, I, <laughs> signal cabinets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're all they're all the like traffic control light cabinets.
2: Gotcha. And, and maybe it's maybe I was thinking of it because that's uh, my team. Uh, we have the signal team, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it might be sort of like a tangentially related thing, but um, it is very cool. And uh, I think people generally love it. Um, and yeah, placemaking, I think it's a way to build community, so.
3: One more item that didn't make it on the list. We are currently recruiting for a CIP supervisor, and this person will be dedicated to implementing the transportation benefit district projects. So they'll be on the capital side um, and they are, I'm hoping they come aboard while we still have Ray um, Steiger, who's our, you know, uh, very long-term employee. And there's some training and some coverage overlap before he retires at the first of next year. So if you know of anyone, we are looking for a PE, um, again, to take on our um, safer routes to school and our active transportation. Uh, projects. So yeah, just putting that out there. Thanks.
2: Thank you, Julie. Um, so we've kind of talked about this next bullet, but the next meeting being the October 25th joint meeting with planning commission. Um, and that kind of leads into the final bullet there, which is, um, in talking to the chair and vice chair about, um, all the work we need to do, not only with the TMP, but we also have to set a work plan for 2024. Um, there the idea was thrown out there that we might want to pull this group tonight to see if there's any desire to have an additional meeting, so a special meeting of the commission um sometime in November uh, to focus on that work plan and also leave time for the TMP and give it the attention that needs in a separate meeting so.
0: right, because we don't have a November meeting. There's the October meeting. then we do a joint because of the holidays, November and December we do in early December. Um and I was just worried that um, with all we have left to do and do the work plan for next year uh, or next two years, I guess um, that we were running out of time to do that. What we did for this last um, work plan, we were behind and we got a few months into the year before we had a work plan. that's an option. I just, I don't want that to become the habit. <laughs> um, so just putting that out there.
1: Wait, are we talking about working on the work plan? Or are we talking about laying creating the work plan?
0: We have to do the next, but it's a two year work plan, right? We have to do the next two year work plan.
1: Oh wait, it's not our work plan. It's the, the, the actual project list work plan? No, it's oh, the
0: transportation work commission work plan. Oh, okay.
2: yes. Month by month, topic by topic kind of thing.
10: So, when would the December meeting be? That one is still the one that's
0: scheduled early, the first week of December, I think. Um, and, but there's, we traditionally, there has not been a November meeting. Okay. Because it would be during Thanksgiving, I think. Or, yes. Yeah. Yes.
3: <laughs> Initially, I was thinking you would do the work plan discussion at your December meeting. Were you planning any transportation plan discussions?
9: Um, we could probably use time at, you know, at every meeting because of what Doug had mentioned The, you know, things are going to start moving really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't have to take up the entire meeting. Um, like we have been, um, I really appreciate all of the attention to the TMP, but, um, recognize you all have a lot other of a lot of other things
3: and I think if you can target getting the work plan to the council February any of the meetings in February that's still
0: good for a two-year work plan so would we need if we did February would that be we could wait until a January meeting or would it still have to be a December meeting
3: I would recommend you you plan on, having a discussion about your work plan at your December 6th meeting, you, you, you know, you'll give us feedback and then we come back for you to finalize it at your January meeting. Okay. That sound okay. I think that will work. Um, and again, I think as long as, um, the bulk of the meeting can be focused on the work plan, then I think we can make it work.
0: What do you, I just want to make sure it's it's clear to everyone that we we basically don't have an october meeting because it's a joint meeting with the planning commission so the next meeting our only other meeting left this year is the december meeting
2: and and just a quick correction i just checked with franz it's actually december 13th okay no 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 november meeting but december 13th 13th thank you
12: and one other kind of consideration that we discussed is not only setting the work plan going into the future but we've had a very busy year talking about all of the transportation plan updates. So there's items on our current work plan that we haven't really discussed and have been a little behind. So um, kind of considering if we want to add an extra meeting, that may allow some time to catch up on some of those topics as well.
7: I mean, as someone new, I'm I'm game for another meeting. So if you need another voice to say another meeting, I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> Love that new energy.
10: <laughs> and and I agree with that. If we need to set a meeting, I feel like it's just a replacement for a meeting that we're not having because of the holiday. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we just talk a lot, so yeah. <laughs> as optimistic as we are about accomplishing quickly and so forth, we tend to talk a lot, so yeah.
3: So possibility would be November 15 um I definitely would not recommend November 8th that is when the council has their meeting because they typically don't meet on Tuesday of election so they then switch it make it a special meeting on the 8th so the 15th I mean I guess you could do the first but that is definitely you're doing back to back
10: yeah is the 29th an auction or is that too late 29th of November
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah the the only I think it could work um when we get close to the getting two meetings within two weeks it's hard to turn around a packet um that's okay we can do it um if that works best for everybody but.
3: So are you saying
2: the 29th of November? In the, no, the 15th of November. I mean just from that standpoint, purely just the standpoint of turning a packet around. Um
3: because then you have the December 13th meeting to turn packet.
2: Exactly, that's what yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So, yeah. sorry. So <laughs> it's it, like I said it's doable if that's what we want, but just keep that in mind that it can be kind of tight.
10: And if we do the 15th is it one where it could be attended remotely or okay. So if we couldn't be here in person, we could okay.
6: The fifteenth seems fine to me. Works for me. It
12: works. I may be traveling, but if everyone else can do it, then that would work out fine. Is it a meeting or work or work
0: well? Well, that was the question I was gonna ask is would it be a a public meeting like this?
1: It would have to be a
3: special meeting, though. Okay. Just noticed as a special meeting. As long as
1: we
2: have the room. And that's a oh, good, yeah, that's a good,
3: constantly. <laughs> it's a good question.
2: What was that? Mm, okay. Okay. And if we're focusing mostly on the work plan, that could be okay. I think uh, we can.
9: Yeah. The work program and those other items you mentioned that you haven't gotten to yet, if...
3: We'll,
0: we'll need to look at that. Okay, great. We have an eager transportation commission. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: um, and now I think we can just open it up for any other uh, comments from transportation commissioners.
1: Is there, a ribbon cutting for 103 seconds.
3: Um.
1: With the interchange? The roundabouts. the roundabouts? Oh,
3: yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, I don't flooded right now too, but yeah, <laughs> it was just on email about that. Um, it, it is flooded. Um, I think a pump went down. It's my understanding. Um, let me check on that. I know there probably will be, it's a question of timing because they're telling us, wash shots telling us it's, It'll be operationally functioning, uh, you know, this time of year in 23, but it's technically not going to be closed out or done until they can actually pave it. And they won't be able to pave it till, as you know, next spring. So I'll, I'll find out about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's
1: good.
0: Anything else? Um, and maybe this will come up in when, since we get to have another meeting, but I've been curious about what's going on with this store to shores, um, uh, stores to shores greenway. Um, okay.
11: Yeah. So that's just a 30% design and we've just started to do some outreach to the neighborhood associations. Why I will not be present for your number November 15th special date. Um, yeah, it's going, I would say, I think, People have a lot of strong feelings about the diverter and the stop sign changes that have been done on the past Greenway. So we're really incorporating lessons learned from the first iteration and really applying that to the design and messaging that. So it's an ongoing process. Um, I don't know if that's a project we should come back to commission as it's further along in design or, okay.
3: We've come back to you at at least 30 or 60% design on some of our projects, haven't we? I think so,
0: to get your input. Yeah, I think it, it would be that that one and other ones like it would be good to get um, the opportunity to see the design earlier. Um,
11: uh, the, the timeline will be a little tricky because I think they're getting into 60 in October. And then if your special meeting date is the 15th, that won't work. Maybe CIP can come without me. I don't know, we'll discuss and find a time, but it might be tricky to get the timing right. We'll talk about it.
12: Okay. It would definitely be interesting kind of hearing that you were taking some lessons learned and some probably highly opinionated public input, um, on what those changes were. And if you feel like you kind of had to make some compromises, um, in the approach to, to the design. Mm-hmm.
11: Okay. I wouldn't say so. I think we're very clear on our objectives. Of we want twenty miles an hour, low volume, um, clear signage for people walking and biking. We want to have you know safe sidewalks or walking paths. Um, the challenge with this route is really the geography, and the Highlands Hill is really difficult for people to understand. Well, why don't you just use the CKC? And we have to explain. You know, we're building a network slowly, and. Even local trips are really useful to have slow speed, low volume streets. So not everyone might not be making the journey of Heritage Park to Totem Lake, but some people might be walking to the local park two blocks down. Um, So I think that's maybe some of the messaging we're struggling with a little bit of the screenway, but so far I think it's going well. And it, it would be helpful, I think, to have this group's expertise and especially interest in the different uh, traffic calming devices that are being proposed, because I think um, when we present to the public, they're a little more fixated on the mistakes of the past and then the route. And we haven't quite got yet to that discussion of what the design is right now, even though that would be the most helpful. Um, so maybe that would be great to bring to this group.
12: Okay. Yeah, I know when you mentioned the diverter kind of being a particular topic, if there were um kind of compromises needing to be made in terms of limiting movements or access if that was starting to become a a challenge in implementation.
11: No, but also if this group is interested, we did do an analysis of the diverter and we have a little report card of um, the speeds and the volumes and the users and uh, the short stories. It's working and it's great. So I'm happy to come back and share that another time
3: we did get a lot of complaints the council did yeah but um i thought we did share the data but no okay i think we should okay
2: I realized I wanted to add something that I forgot to say when we were introducing the two new commissioners, which is that um, we had seven applicants for the vacant positions, which is, I think, a really good sign of the interest in the community. And so um, the two commissioners um, beat out a really good crowd of of folks. And um, so I want to acknowledge that kudos to both of you. Um, So I should have said that like two hours ago. (laughs) Um.
0: One other thing that I wanted to say that um, I think is along the lines of, um, you know, there were there was a lot of interest in these two um, open positions. Is just um, uh, over the summer, um, I was uh, volunteering to host bike valets, like at the farmers market and city hall for all, and then we did the big one at the big bridge opening, and um, it's been really interesting to see. Who's riding and what they're riding, um, because the demographic is really shifting from uh, the mammals, the uh, middle aged men in Lycra, um, you know, uh, weekend warrior recreational riders to, um, you know, families to people who you wouldn't normally, um, you know, wouldn't normally even consider themselves to be bikers, but that are seeing that, you know, for various reasons to avoid traffic. For, exercise, for, um, you know, environmental concerns they're choosing and, and also cost. It costs less to have a bike than to have a car. Um, there's just a much broader demographic. Um, and what I'm hearing a lot, especially most recently, we did a bike valet at the uh, Juanita welcoming picnic. And there was a woman that she remembered talking to me at bike day, um, uh, bike everywhere day on the cross Kirkland corridor and she had ridden her bike there. Cause she lives cr- close to the cross Kirkland corridor. And she was talking about how much she loves riding it. And then, um, I asked if she rode to the Juanita picnic, she's no way, there's no way it's way too scary to ride from. And she lives in Juanita, but she said she lives close to the cross Kirkland corridor on Juanita. But there's no way she would ride her bike to Juanita beach park. And I thought that was such a great example of, you know, here's someone who's really enthusiastic about riding, but only feel safe riding on that separated corridor. And there's just, I got to hear so many new people. I love like there's so many new people that I don't know who are riding their bikes in Kirkland. Um, And we just really need to recognize this growing demographic and it's happening fast.
9: Did you check out Kirkland's new portable bike racks for the bike ballet?
0: Oh yes. (laughs) Yes.
7: I would just piggyback on that and say it's it's not just biking, but it's it's using a scooter. Our twelve-year-old neighbor is riding this some sort of e-bike, and he you know bikes to school and goes really fast. I'm pushing a jogging stroller, so in the spirit of the you know multimodal, um, and and we're just seeing you know a much more diverse um, user group than I would expect. I'm used to seeing the
0: middle-aged man in Lycra. <laughs> it's been fun to see the change. All right. Well, if there's no other comments, I think we can uh, call it a meeting.
2: Thank you, everybody.
0: Thanks,
1: everyone. Good night.